Ayo, what up though? <sighs> this episode of The Cookout is brought to you by Wakanda. Because, bitch. <laughs> Wakanda forever. Because, yes. What condo? What condo? <laughs> when Michael B. Jordan jumped out the back of that truck. Yeah, we was like, what condo? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, welcome to an all new episode of the cookout. Um, we are here today, um, back in the studio getting ready to give you a good time. Um, let's talk about who bought the potato salad to the cookout today. Um, you know what, y'all? I had something here that I wanted to say for who bought the potato salad, but fuck it. We're going to do something else. Okay. Off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Um, who bought the potato salad this week is Real Love. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Real love is not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have been given a uh, <laughs> in in recent days. I have had a, a an encounter with such thing, and um, it has been you know joyous and confusing and everything that love can be. Love has not been at all easy for me ever. I wrote a whole album about it, shit. Speak <laughs> right. on it. Right. Um, but what I was shown this weekend was a reason as to why... You, I had a conversation with Jamil. Um, I think like two days ago, was it? We were at work. T- I was talking about maybe going back to an old situation. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, and, you know, it's so good that I didn't because it. I was shown a reason why you don't settle. Mm. I was given an example as to why you don't just take what you're given just because it's there. Right. Um, so shouts out to Real Love. That part. Shouts out to... <laughs> it's okay to say it. I'm, I, he's fucking awesome, man. Um, <laughs> we're not together. <laughs> it's complicated as shit. Um, and this is the cookout, so I keep it all the way real. Um, it's complicated, but um, you're incredible. And I hope you know that you're incredible. And <laughs> I love you down. You Hopefully we uh we can get this straightened out. And um I look forward to one day looking up from my computer at work and you walking in, like, what's good, fam? <laughs> I'ma lose my shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, um thank you for bringing real love to the cookout. Um I appreciate you. So with that said, right. yes. <laughs> uh, today's topic is going to be, you know, we've, we've had a lot of fun at the cookout lately. Um, every episode since episode one has been a good time. Today, it's still going to be a good time, but we're going to have a, a, a conversation. It's going to be a topic that is a little bit um, difficult to have. So I invited, you know, the best people that are able to have that conversation here with me. We're going to talk about Everything black today, so we're gonna keep it My super favorite black. topic. Black. Yes, right. yes. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be pretty interesting. I think um, 
how it's going to work is this is going to be like a, a, a multiple parter, but we're going to start with two parts, I guess. This is part one of this conversation. And then part two is going to be, hopefully, if I can get the casting and the scheduling right for that episode, it's going to be next week. Uh, where it's going to be, you know, black and white people coming together to talk about race issues because I don't think any of us really do that. We go off in our separate races and, and we have those conversations separately, mm-hmm. separately, which don't really do much for moving us forward. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have the conversation here first with just us, and then we're going to extend the conversation to our extended family, our white brothers and sisters, and we're going to talk about it with them. Um, so let's introduce everybody here today. So back in uh, the chair, back in the studio is Raggedy Ass Jamil. Yeah. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> Tamara being shady yet again. Uh, here you go. <laughs> so I don't fuck with you now. Um, I'm so glad you're back. Actually, he showed up like really short notice because uh had another person not be able to make it today. So thank you for filling in. I really appreciate you're it. You're welcome. You're incredible. Oh. And the way that shirt is sitting, tight on them titties, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, queen. Love you. I hate you. I hate you. Also back at the table is um, Brittany Jeter. Yo yo. With her um her puppies in tow. <laughs> no, you know what? Those ain't puppies. Those are full grown dogs, bitch. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we're Which got a great name. <laughs> Rock Wallace. Rock. I love it. <laughs> And also joining us for the very, very first time is in Yvonne. Person. In person, uh, on the mic is Yvonne today. Hey. Hey, boo. Hey, boo. So you guys don't know this, but um, in early uh, thinking about doing the cookout, pretty smacking the mic. I'm sorry. So that was a titties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, in thinking about doing the cookout early on, um, I was planning to have a co-host and at first I was um thinking about having Yvonne come and do that with me and then she shot me down in the most classy way Stop. she was like I hear the Lord saying you need cut to do it. it by yourself cut it out <laughs> 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 I did not got me all the way together oh, but um no no it was it was divine it was actually the right choice yes, and um because I be knowing you be knowing, be knowing. you hooked up in the spirit huh how many go all right, so um, that's who's here today. Let's go ahead and get into the conversation, I guess. Let's make this happen. I'm um, I guess I have like a list of like questions and topics here. I really doubt we're going to get through all of it because this is a really hot button issue and topic. Um, so I'm just going to start with like, I guess, like the simple basic thing. To you guys, what does it mean to be pro-black? What does that look like for you? Mm. Is that a positive connotation, a negative connotation for you? What is pro-black to you? Well, I guess for me, the first thing that comes to my mind is it's, it's a positive connotation. Okay. And the first thought that came to my mind, pro-black doesn't mean anti-white. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can be proud of your race. You can be proud of your culture. You can be proud of where you come from and not disrespect anybody else mm-hmm. or means that's disrespecting anybody mm-hmm. else. Right. Um, so that's the first c- couple of thoughts that came to my head about it. Okay. Um, pro-black to me would be kind of piggybacking off what Jamil said, just basically celebrating us Mm -hmm. because we so rarely do that, you know, Mm -hmm. and when we do celebrate us, we have other races questioning why we're celebrating us so, so hard. So I Mm -hmm. go hard for black people because I just love to see us doing well. Mm -hmm. I feel like if it was more of that, we could get so much further in this world and just really be on top. Right. Got it. Yeah. Ryan? Um, yeah, pro-black, 
for me, I mean, it definitely has a positive connotation. Okay. Because um, black people are great. Let's just, let's just put that <laughs> yes, out there. Yes, they're awesome. And she um, says that with her natural hair with yes. the coils. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Eco Styler <laughs> and Shea Moisture. <laughs> no, but uh, um, for me, pro-black, I mean, it's, it's, it's being for black people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and honestly, uh, anyone that's for the advancement of black people, like Jamil said, it doesn't have to mean that, you know, if I'm pro-black, then I'm anti-white or anti, you know, anybody else. Right. It's mm-hmm. that I celebrate our people. And I mean, we know in America here that black people are not as celebrated as right. we should, should be, be, I believe, right. you know, mm-hmm. for, for everything that we've contributed to what is American culture. We're just right. not right. we're just not celebrated as much as we um as I feel we should be. And so when I say I'm pro black, that means that I'm for the advancement of my people. I'm for mm-hmm. the advancement of black people because we are great people. And okay. it's for me to kind of steer away from those negative um, stereotypes that okay. have been painted about us as well. I'm glad you brought up stereotypes because I wanted to ask you about that. Like, how do we feel about... Did you want to say something? I'm sorry. Yes, I want to add one more thought of that too. Go for for me, also being pro-black, yes, also acknowledging that our faults in our community Absolutely. and being willing to being willing to call those faults out and yes. say, hey, we need to do better. Yes. That doesn't mean we still don't push for it with our advancement, but recognize, hey, we got some stuff to work on, too, as well. That was another point I wanted to make, too, but we're going to just hold that thought because we're coming right back to that. That's a a huge one I really (laughs) want to talk about. Um, But as far as the stereotypes go, how do we feel about those? Do we think that a lot of these stereotypes come from like truth or do we think that this is just stuff that's made up to, to be like racist or to be something to hold us back? In my opinion, I think some stereotypes do come from truth and not just w- with black people, but just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it I do find to be a little bit like uh, on the racist side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think some of it does come from, from truth. Like which ones? Um, sometimes we can be a little bit um, <laughs> loud, <laughs> extra, <laughs> uh, not punctual. Um, Things of that nature, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but then when we get into stuff about, like, you know, all black people like chicken and watermelon, you know, shit like yeah, that, then I'd be like, yeah, that's then I'd be like, um, okay. But at the same time, like, I, I'm not a person who's, I'm not super sensitive about mm-hmm. stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of times my humor um, can be offensive to people, even people, you know, of my same race. So I will poke fun at stereotypes, I will make jokes about that. Um, but I've had people like be like, you shouldn't do that, especially in mixed company. And blah. But I'm mm-hmm. like, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. So do y'all see a problem with that? Or is that just a me thing? No, some stereotypes kind of make me, they make me laugh. And it makes me really know that, you know, this is black. This came from us. This is how we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but some stereotypes like all black people are lazy or we don't want to work and we uh-huh. want things handed to us. That that kind of stuff pisses me off as far as like when it comes to welfare and food stamps. And if you look at statistics, there's much, it's many more races that are on welfare and it's not black people. So mm-hmm. those kind of stereotypes piss me off. Right. Saying that we're lazy and things like that. And we don't want to work, but... Some of them like patting at weave and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the things that our moms say to us, like, it really just brings it home for me because I'm like, yeah, my mom does that. Like, it just makes me feel a part of something because I know that every black person has went through this. But here's the question. Are you upset, though, if a 
if one of your white friends were to point out that stereotype or were to make a joke about that? Like, if you had, like, one of your white friends, like, patting his weave, like, to, like, make a joke or something, like, would that make you upset? It depends. It depends on the person, yeah, to be yeah. honest. It depends on the person, how they saying it. Yeah. Like, if I know who you are as a person, then it's like, I'm going to laugh. Because I have laughed at, like jokes like that coming from a right. white person because mm-hmm. I know they're not being like because so, some of them are so ridiculous you have to just like right. laugh mm-hmm. at it mm-hmm. but it depends on how the joke was said and the intent behind, like who the person is mm-hmm. because sometimes somebody can say something funny and it, you still it sometimes you'd be like like whoa like, like you're saying you about to, you about to you know so it depends on that person <laughs> it just do, really depends how, how do you like what do you say to other black people who would say to that that no, you shouldn't let any white person ever make jokes about any stereotypes like that because all of it can be considered um, racist or racial or whatever the case is. How I do you would say? I mean, it depends. Like Jamil said, it depends on what it is and who it is. Um, and if somebody just kind of interrupts and be like, "No, nah, you shouldn't be laughing at that because that comes from a white person or something like that," and I'm gonna be like, kind of like, "Why so serious?" You mm-hmm. know, like, <laughs> right? We, you know, we're actually having this conversation. It's not pissing me off because I know they're not trying to be malicious behind mm-hmm. it because I know that person. Now, right. if it came to somebody I don't know and you, you know, mm-hmm. have that background of just saying negative, racist things, then you're going to tiptoe on the line again, your ass will. Like, I mean, that's just what it is. But I always say to that person, pick and choose your battles. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, because if we mad about everything, then we really upset about something valid. We're going to talk about us. mad about everything. Talk, we're going to have to have oh, yeah, that We're going to talk about being mad about everything. Yeah. I'm going to be honest we with gonna you, have to talk about that pisses me off too. Like, right. Well, I have my feelings about the term mad about everything. Mm-hmm. I have my feelings honestly well, about, about that. let's talk about it. Um, because I feel like it's okay to be mad sometimes. Sometimes it's justified to be mad. Right. Mm-hmm. Key word, sometimes. Sometimes. Um, but we have to be careful with using that because that term comes with a negative connotation mm-hmm. um okay. and that term comes like, and when you constantly use it use it at stuff that even if you feel like it's frivolous that person takes that serious mm-hmm. even though if you may not see it you may not connect with it but sometimes you have to step back and think okay just because i don't connect with it as much that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that person is valid and what they're feeling and valid what right. they're saying even despite what i feel and you don't want it to come to a time where you have an issue with something and you don't want that same group of people or your same community coming back. Well, why are you being mad about everything? When you when we needed you and wanted you to support us, you was like we mad about it. Well see that's that I, I can agree with that. However, comma, um, when said person is actually mad about everything all the time, mm-hmm. then I really don't I can't hear you when there's mm-hmm. actually a real issue that you are really right. passionate about when mm-hmm. every little thing Ticks upsets you. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I have I have some um some people who I know who would be offended by something, but then later on make a joke about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, at that point, I'm like, what the? F- I can't even really fucking take you seriously mm-hmm. because you 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 straddling the fence. Right. Like if you mad, be mad mm-hmm. and like stay consistent with your anger. But have you ever heard of like the term where it's like you laugh at your pain? Like yes. sometimes you just. You get numb to the fact of being mm-hmm. tired of being angry. Sometimes you just laugh at it just to get that relief. Then, then be numb. It's trauma laughter. Yes. Then be numb. It's, I, I do that. Right. I, yeah. yeah. Um, I, that's how I get through stuff. Right. And so uh, to add to Jamil's point about being mad about everything, um, also to like kind of reinstate what he said, like it's really a matter of picking and choosing our battles. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about stereotypes and we talk about, you know, um, a white person maybe, you know, making a joke about certain stereotypes, there are certain things that 
they can't touch with me. Right. Right. You know, um, Some the whole the the lazy the laziness thing. Mm-hmm. Don't make a joke about black people being lazy because we have we have receipts. Like right. we have we have <laughs> you, proven you're time working. time and time. We built this for free. We, bitch. Exactly. Yes. That we work hard. We work hard. We work hard because of the stereotypes placed upon us mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. white people. You know them saying, "Oh, they're savages. They're you know they're lazy. They don't they don't like they're to do anything. The they're time. angry. You know all those things like have been kind of forced upon us and." Well, not like I won't say upon us, but a, a force upon our, our ancestors. And so, right. you know, it's, it's, if someone speaks something like you, imagine a parent. If your parent said to you all your life, "You stupid. You ain't never gonna be nothing." Mm-hmm. Eventually, like My as you're did. growing she up, she did that all the time. I can't. <laughs> I'm just playing. About to don't do my girl like that. Don't do her like that. I'm just playing. You know, you know your child. Um, but you know, you think about it. Your parent calls you stupid, lazy, mm-hmm. all these negative things all your life. You can't stop. be. No one can be surprised if you become those things. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? So history has proven that you know slave slave owners have have called our ancestors stupid, dumb, lazy. Mm-hmm. Eventually, a lot of those people are going to become those things. Right. And that's not necessarily because they want it to be. Because, I mean, come on now. Right. You think about slaves forced out of their own land into into this land that they don't recognize, they don't know. Mm-hmm. Like right. They're going to try to break free from, from, from that bondage. But of if course. you have people constantly reinforcing these negative ideas and stereotypes upon you, then... Eventually, some some are going to break free, but then some are going to uh, going to succumb to those negative stereotypes. And so, we think about it years later. There's certain stereotypes about us. There are certain cultural things about us that's like, yes, like you know, and it's fun and it's right, great, right. and people can make jokes about it or whatever. And we laugh, we even laugh about it. You know, uh-huh. there's certain even traumatic things, like I said, that yeah, that yeah. you know that we've experienced and that we experience on a regular. Uh, you know that um, we like Jamil said, we have to laugh about. Mm-hmm. But right. I think it's really kind of us deciding, you know, what are we going to make room for for them, but also what are these things that are untouchable? Like I said, those lazy stereotypes, the uh, water, watermelon and chicken jokes, you know, all of those uh-huh. on yeah, Sambo kind of, you know, welfare jungle. queens yeah, and stuff welfare like, queen. yeah. like, don't, don't touch that. Don't, okay. don't touch it. Um, because it's Excuse me. not necessarily, it, those are the kind of s- systemic things right. about us that I just, yep. the only Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, the only person I'm going to say his name is Kiefer. Oh, uh, what's when up, he, Meatball? When he told that joke, uh, it had me on the floor when Donald Trump won, and he was like, well, guess what, guys? I guess you're getting your own water fountain again. And it, that, to me... <laughs> <laughs> But, right. but, but that's speaking, a joke that we've made ourselves. Yeah, right. And speaking, we know who Kiefer is exactly. as a person. Exactly. We know his heart. And I know that he was putting that towards Donald Trump being a racist <laughs> right. asshole. And setting okay. us back. Yeah. Shouts out to Meaty. Meatball, you the shit. I love man. you, Kiefer, man. But I also want to point this out when it comes to the whole about being mad topic. There's a dip like there's a difference between being mad and being passionate, especially when it yes. comes to black people, because black people, we have a strong passion with ourselves that come off sometimes as being mad and being angry when it's like, no, I'm just real passionate about Mm -hmm. this. And this is just how we are. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know what? I'm sorry, real quick. Let me hold hold your thought. Mm -hmm. I want to say this, and I meant to say this at the top of the show. Um, First, a lot of the questions I'm asking, I have answers to, but I'm asking the questions to facilitate the conversation. I'm not asking because I'm a dumbass. So let's be be clear about that, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Secondly, um, I'm going to preface... This episode and the next episode we have about race, we're saying this. Um, this is my show. Mm-hmm. I run the cookout. I casted this show with a lot of thought, 
and the next one will be the same way. These people who are here are my family members. These are people who have my back. They're my friends in real life. If anybody gets ballsy enough to get in any comments in any way and get disrespectful, I'm going to set your ass on fire I'm in front of everybody. For you too. Let's be very clear. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't have an opinion and you can't state your opinion, but everything here is done with respect and love. Mm -hmm. And we all at this table respect each other. And what you're going to do when you interact with us online or whatever the case is, is be respectful. I just want to make that very clear. Um, especially here on, during this conversation, and especially the next time we have the conversation with my my white brothers and sisters here. Y'all not going to disrespect nobody at this on this panel. Thank you. <laughs> Love you. Yeah. Okay, Vaughn, take it up. Sorry. Oh, man. Um, oh, so, yeah, and Jamil, thank you for making that point um, between passion and, and being mad. Mm -hmm. um, I, <laughs> I, like Chase, I, I can't with the people that are just always mad all the time. Like, just mm -hmm. everything sets you off. Mm -hmm. um, I prefer to be fueled by passion. Right. I prefer True. to be fueled, fueled by passion for my people. Right. Um, mm -hmm. To understand us, understand where we are, um, to know us. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I love black people. I Absolutely. love us and all of our extraness. I love, and yes, I said extraness. <laughs> that is a word officially. Um, I love us, you know, being extra. I love us being, you know, I love us going up for this Black Panther movie. Okay. Right. All of the dancing that I saw, all the African attire. Yes, I did wear my African Tire because okay, that's shaky. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like I love that, you know, and I love that about us. I love that we have, like me and Brittany, we talk about this all the time. The jokes that we have between each other, you know, right. the things that we connect on. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, yo, don't nobody understand that but black people because you had a black mama mm -hmm. or a black no, daddy. That, right, you know what I'm right, saying? Right, like, right. you know, and so a lot of the things that I want to see for us, mm -hmm. you know, going forward is fueled by passion. Mm -hmm. I can't always get up in arms about everything, you know, that that a white person does or, you know, everything that anyone does that doesn't seem to be for us because then I'm just going to be mad. And right. I'm not going to be I'm not going to be fueled or pushed to make any kind of change, right. or, you know, so affect change for for anyone around me. Right. Let me ask this question. This is to Jamil's point earlier. Um, and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm I agree with him on this. It's it's a huge like thing that I talk about all the time. I feel like before we can expect white people or any other race or culture for that matter, because mm -hmm. it's not just them, mm -hmm. any other culture to you know respect us in any way, we first got to clean up our own house. Yeah. I feel like we have a lot going on within our communities, mm -hmm. um, within our families that are really really mm -hmm. fucked up. Yes. And we can't adjust. We can't expect anybody else to respect us and to love us and to treat us equally and treat us mm -hmm. fairly. If we're not doing that first and foremost, so Absolutely. I think about to my to my own point. I think about um, let's just talk about let's talk about our music or even mm -hmm. our, our um, some of our movies and stuff like that, some of mm -hmm. our television. Um, we are asking other cultures and races to respect and love and hold our women up as queens. Right. That's, what, that's what we're saying. Mm -hmm. But then those some of these same people will turn around and go act in the film or go record an album where we're calling our women all types of bitches, hoes, and, mm -hmm. and skanks, and tramps. Mm -hmm. and all, and, but at the same time, we'll get upset if somebody else does it. Mm -hmm. right. And we're mm -hmm. the same men who cheat on our wives, beat our women, mm -hmm. um, all types of stuff. I'm right. not saying all of us do it. That's not what I'm saying. Let's be clear. Mm -hmm. But it happens. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to say, like, what do we do? How do we clean up our situation before we ask somebody else to do it? Right. I agree, and I disagree with that statement. Okay. 
Um, the reason why I agree, yes, we got issues. There's stuff we need to work on. There's a whole bunch of stuff as a community we need to do better as. Right. But at the same time, just because my brother is slapping me, that don't mean I can tell my other brother to stop punching me in the face. So that means um, if, my, if my black brother is slapping me in my face, that don't mean I can't tell this white person to stop hitting me either. Mm-hmm. Like, you can call out both. Mm-hmm. You okay. can work on both. That okay. doesn't mean you have to stop working on either one. Okay. E- each one is just as important. Valid. So that's why I say I agree and disagree with that mm-hmm. statement. Okay. Both are just as equal. Yes, we need to do right by each other. We need to fix broken homes and we need to just like go out in the community, better education, better he- health care and all that. Uh-huh. But at the same time, realize the, that connection of that is the oppressor or the, the like or uh, society how it's built, it's these are the ways of stopping us from doing that as fast as we can. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. police brutality and stuff like that. You know what I'm well, saying? Stuff like that. All all other stuff, that don't mean I can't still call Some that out. Some of it is cut and dry. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, like that. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, you, you definitely see the disparity between the races when you think about something like police brutality or, yeah. you know, not even br- just being straight up murdered. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. Or you got like racist judges or you got councilmen and stuff like We can't still say, yo, you still need to treat us better. Right. right. Because I hate the whole, what about black on black crime? Why don't right crime is just as high and True. not even higher? True. There are more um, single white mothers on welfare than there's black people in this entirety. Mm-hmm. So it's like those calling us out, singling us out for certain stuff. Yes, that's stuff we need to work on, but it happens in every other race as well. Mm-hmm. Right, Absolutely. right. I think also what we can do to, to, to begin to... Don't mind that train, y'all. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> Just... Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, honestly, you know, I think about those, um, and yes, that is true. But it's also those ideas are also pushed really heavily by media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the you know the rap music, um, uh-huh. you know our, our music, our movies, all of that is pushed really heavily, heavily into media. But what I understand is that we all have our place in media as well social right. media you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and so and for me and, and i want to begin to do this is a way to kind of reverse that and to begin to like change that narrative is for us to push like for us to push and support and celebrate the people that are doing the right thing you Absolutely. know celebrate the men that you know in your family that you know have been faithful to their wives you know for years you taking know that you know that are taking care of their children you know why right. not begin to do that as a whole and i i like I would love to see more of those mm-hmm. kinds of things because we don't see enough of it. You know, whatever's not before us is out of kind of out of mind. You mm-hmm. know, we out of sight, out of mind. If we don't see it, then that's not necessarily what we believe. But if we do see it and we're able to acknowledge it, then you know that could that could be. And in reality, there's more men and women who are there who are like breaking those negative stereotypes mm-hmm. like uh, father's not being there because there was mm-hmm. a study a couple of years ago showing hey that like that's not actually true mm-hmm. there are a lot of men yes. in their homes who yes. are doing you know what I'm saying Absolutely. so we have like you said we have to just bring those push those to the mm-hmm. uh, to the light but like yeah. it's like a quote that I loved and Charlemagne said it mm-hmm. he was like people care more about the lie than the truth yeah. of course yeah because the is. lie is more sensational it's more sensational absolutely so my thing is um what chase said we have to push you know that in our community kind of clean up our house the first thing i think about when i think of us and i think about supporting one another we have a problem with it um not saying everyone black but i'm saying it's like um when we see each other doing good, instead of some of us, instead of clapping for one another, we 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 
pick the problems out. I see a lot of I see a lot of it on social media. You know, when uh, someone's doing something great, you, yeah. you you know you see us. It's more of us in the comments downing what they're doing mm-hmm. instead of lifting that person up and pushing it. Like we we really have to root for each other. You know what? But do you know why that is though? Because it's. We've been taught to kind of, you know, compete against one another. We, you know, it's kind of like go. crabs in a barrel. Yeah. And, and it sucks that we can't just all lift each other up. Mm-hmm. I, I, you I know, know what? And that's a great, like, segue <laughs> into, like, the next point I wanted to make. I wanted to talk about colorism a little mm-hmm. bit. And that's um, <clears throat> kind of a difficult conversation to have, but it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been, like, this divide, you know, like, with, and again, like, with the jokes. Like, I mean, we... Joke, we joke about the light skin, like God being super sensitive and like, you know, playing games and right. being pretty and <laughs> draking, all types of stuff. Right. And then we talk about the dark skin God being super aggressive and mean and nasty mm-hmm. and like probably beating his wife and shit like that, you know. Right. And so we have that divide going on and light skin girls being too good for the hood and like, you know, right. yeah. dark skin girls are always ready to fight. I'm not I have fun in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, let's talk about that. Like what? Because, again, I have, you know, I was very confused that, uh, with one situation happened maybe like a year ago. Um, there was um, a lighter skinned friend of mine who got upset by like a um, uh, a light skinned joke that was made. Mm-hmm. Um, but then made a, a light skinned joke. Made a light skinned joke. joke. And I, I was very confused. I never addressed it. But I was just like, I don't really understand what's going on here. Because, and for me, like, I don't really, I can't really speak on this too much because... For the most part, I would be considered like kind of in the middle. So I'm not really light skin, I'm not really dark skin, I'm kind of like brown skin guy. So I don't really know the struggle of either. (laughs) I don't know the struggle of either, um, but I've kind of watched from the sidelines and be like, yo, this is actually, this is a real thing. Uh What do you guys think about that? My chocolate brother Jamil over here. (laughs) He's so chocolatey. Don't do that. No, what I was about to say that the whole colorism thing is ridiculous. It's stupid, so um, but it's a symptom of the whole slave mentality. Yes. The, uh, uh, what you call the Willie Lit syndrome. Willy Lit. Yeah. He how taught that how to um, how to what, keep how, us down. Keep us, hold on. How, like how to train slaves or like break. Come on, slaves. Google. I'm googling. It goes um, for like house the 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 field slaves and the, the house, house slaves. Yes, yes. That's that's the whole idea. The, the house slaves were made to feel better. You know, yes. like they were better than the the ones working out in the field. And you make it into the house, and you're better than the, the ones making of a slave. Working yes. out there. So, and that's why I was trying to bring to your point earlier. That's mm-hmm. why you see the things of we tearing each other down, or we have colorism, or we can't support each other. It's that slave mentality that's it's a it's like uh, I saw a lot of people talk about it. It's like PTSD. All right, like we've been taught and systemically been taught and fed negative messages, systems working to get us against yep. us for so long that we don't even realize yep. we just are part of the cycle and reinforcing this cycle. But you know what though? I think at this point in the game, I feel like with the information that we have, um, and the way that we all are able to communicate in such a quick way, um, I feel like we know. I feel like we know what we I have like, this conversation about not assuming what somebody knows don't and don't assume, know. I feel like a lot of us know. Let's let's mm-hmm. just say that because mm-hmm. a lot because a lot of people I see or now even enough of us know enough of us know mm-hmm. to where like we should be able to share with the people who don't. Mm-hmm. And there's so many like pro black people now. Like mm-hmm. everybody's on that train, and that's a great thing. Right. So I feel like if we know these systems are in place, if we know these things are happening, and we still play to it, 
can we then turn around and say, oh, I'm pro-black? So if we know that there's someone who maybe doesn't support, you know, black people, or, or, we there were black people who voted for Trump. Right. Mm-hmm. Who, who to themselves and, are still pro-black and but still that's have in, our backs. That's in every era, like when it came with slavery, there was black overseers. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In the, like, yeah. that's in every era, like Reconstruction, there were black people who was benefiting on how the system was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin Luther King said at one time, um, they're like everybody's not going to ride with you. Everybody's not right. going to come with you. But you, that still doesn't mean that the the, the systemic issue is there. Okay. Like especially with PTSD. Like mm-hmm. I'm using that analogy because this that's a deep emotional trauma. Right. Right. And, and yeah. you know, and mental struggle. You don't really realize how deep it is until you. You know what I'm saying? Like. Uh, people who are who are victims of like uh, aggressive uh, acts of violence and stuff mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. they don't realize how lifelong, how much stuff is like happening to them is connected to that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so it's hard to break us. You know, it's right. hard to break people out of something they're so used to mm-hmm. generationally. Right. Just generationally, it's right. hard to do that speaking and to say we're just going to stop doing this right. all of a sudden. Right. And speaking on that. Not I, saying we still shouldn't try. I'm sorry. Right. And that's okay. Honestly, then, you know, some people may get mad, but black people, we need therapy. Like, we yes. do. Yes. And I'm not yes. trying to be funny. Yes. I'm not trying to say it's just yes. us. But to get us to where we need to be, mm-hmm. we need therapy. Yeah. But you know that that's, like, that's super frowned upon. It, 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 it is. is. Mental health is not, like, something that Absolutely. is... It's, yes. Even, real quick, I'm going to mm-hmm. say this. Um, being fully transparent... I have been really considering it for myself. Oh, I'm um, going. Yeah. I did not know until like last year, but um, I didn't know what it was. But I have struggled with depression my whole life, and right. then anxiety attached to it um, last year, and um, I didn't know that it, that's what was going on. And then like now, after I've had my situation with um, uh, my health last year with my brain aneurysm and my surgery. Um, living in a constant state of terror for all those months, like expecting to die at any moment, mm-hmm. all day, every day. Um, now I'm dealing with the fact that hmm, I might have some sort of PTSD as well. So, mm-hmm. but the, the the thought of going and talking to somebody about mm-hmm. that is number one angering to me mm-hmm. for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and it's terrifying. Now I'm not a person that has trouble expressing. Obviously, I'm doing this fucking podcast talking mm-hmm. about my shit, but. In that setting, for some reason, it sets me off, and I don't know why. But if you look at the black community as a whole, most of the time, that's not even a conversation to have. It's like either go pray that away or just get over it. Right. Right. It's not something you go you ask for help for. That's a whole other avenue as far as praying it away. Like I, I understand that that's how you know our ancestors came, and you know you go you take it to God, and yes, I believe in God wholeheartedly. I believe in praying, falling to my knees. But some things we cannot just pray away. Right. We mm-hmm. need help. Like, mm-hmm. period, point blank, we need help. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, you can take your issues to God. You can leave it there. But you have to do something else. Mm-hmm. It, it, something mm-hmm. else has to be done. Yeah. yeah. I am I am a major proponent for for therapy. Right. For, um, <laughs> for, for, especially for our people. So I totally agree that right. there is years of trauma. I mean, you mentioned the Willie Lynch letter. Yeah. Like, he created that letter for people to be bound for at least, least. 300 years. He mentioned generations. Yes, yes. For generations. generations. And so we don't understand, first of all, when you don't recognize your experience as traumatic. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, or when it feels traumatic, um, but, you know, you're 
at the same time, it feels tra- traumatic. It feels like a lot, but at the same time, you're telling people, oh, they can take a lot. They can take a, you know, they can take a, a licking and keep on ticking. Right. You know, it's like that's what we're expected to do. And so for years, we're expected to just kind of put up with things and to take things, you know, um, on and continue in that way. So now, years later, and I, I'm, I'll say that I've heard a lot more of the therapy conversation, mental health conversation amongst our community yes. than I have in a lot of um, the years past. Mm-hmm. Um so I, you know, I'm all for that. And I do agree with you, Jeter. Like, you know, I'm a believer. And yes, I am all for prayer. You know, I'm a, I love prayer. I enjoy prayer. And But prayer for us in combination with therapy can like really break, gen- I believe, can really break these generational holes uh-huh. that have been placed, um, that have been on us for all these years. Mm-hmm. And I do believe it's generational holds. Like, you know, it's, yeah. this trauma is has been generational. Racial. There are things that there are things about me, you know, that that I, there are things that I do that I don't even realize is the after effect of what my ancestors, ancestors have had gone a, yep. through, you right. know. There are things about my family line that is a direct correlation of the things, you know, that my ancestors went through. So I totally believe that um and I understand that and I think there's definitely a need and a push for the conversation. I know it's taboo in a lot of ways for mm-hmm. us. You know, people just don't feel safe. Right. You know, um, and that's another issue yeah. that I have a problem with in our community. A lot of people don't have safe spaces. They yep. don't have places where right. they feel, you know, comfortable just expressing themselves. Yeah. Our men, you know, I'm not I don't I don't like to generalize. Speak on it though. I don't like to make generalizations, but you know, our men, we you know, they're 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 all they've in my experience, I've always been taught, you know, to be the man, be a man. Men don't cry. Men don't show emotion. You know, um, you think about Perfect. little boys growing up, you know, if he falls down, he starts crying. Stop that crying. Stop that crying. Man up. You a boy, you know. And just the pressure of all that. Like, exactly. there's a lot of pressure to put on black men as well. Yes. It's just to be, you have to be head of household. You have to you be have the breadwinner. You can't be too emotional. Yes. You can't do yes. this. You can't do that. So Listen. you right. tell that man when he's growing. And I want, it's so great you brought that up because mm-hmm. I want to talk about the, um, hypermasculinity as it pertains to yes. the African American community about it. Okay. because um as that man is growing up you're telling him don't cry, don't cry. you're up. telling him don't show emotion yeah. you're telling him to man up and and whatever the case is and then when he becomes a full grown man and that man is unavailable to his wife yes. emotionally mm-hmm. yes. and he can't give her what she needs yes. then she's yelling at him for not crying she's yelling at him right. for, for not showing emotion right. so it just don't have to be within the relationship just your community period yeah. you just doesn't yeah. have you just like disconnect you disconnect from people Children. in general yeah. yeah so it's 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 crazy and i just don't agree with the hyper masculinity thing mm-hmm. that's placed on men in our mm-hmm. community because it's it's senseless it can be very destructive mm-hmm. to them emotionally and mentally mm-hmm. to somebody mm-hmm. that's what how, a lot of times a lot of in our community at least the high suicides amongst black men too right right because mm-hmm. they just can't they cope yes. and they can't yes. deal with the pressure the image yes. of have to be the strong black man. Absolutely. Have you dealt with with any of that yourself? Um, like um, being held to like a, a hyper masculine like standard, and especially as if, a boy, yeah. growing up as a boy, there was just like there's always certain things that were just kind of expected, like being in the sports and liking certain mm-hmm. things like that. And when uh-huh. kind of I was like, hey, maybe right. no interest. I had a little interest in it, but not enough to be like that's my thing. Right. Um. But yeah, and that pressure sometimes it prevented me to not being who I fully am in front of certain crowds right. or mm-hmm. learning how to hold back emotion, that kind of mm-hmm. like, um, and I can say that so I have an issue with that in my personal life. Sometimes I can come off very nonchalant and very like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, before I got to know you, that's what I thought. Honestly, like 
and mm-hmm. we were around each other for a long time before we even really talked. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's not a very nice person. But <laughs> like, he knew I would be his ass. But, I was, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was completely wrong. Yeah, like, but that's in me. And I can openly say, too, I have been to therapy for some stuff mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. And that's what I learned. That's just my coping. That's my right. coping. That's why I, as a child, that's what I learned how to right. defend right. defend myself right. is mm-hmm. to come off like it doesn't bother me. Gotcha. Um, right. And... But that's the issue. It's mm-hmm. that's that's the issue I have. That's an issue many other black men have. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, even if they die and want to talk about what's going on in them, like they want to say, "Look, I'm scared. Like right, I'm right. hurt, yeah, or yeah, I'm yeah. like." But it's like you can't because you appear as weak, and right. to be to be appeared as weak is like that's, a, it's that's awful, no right? Right, right, right. from your family. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, for me, I think it's it's. It's kind of a dichotomy because I think a lot of times women we push that onto men too. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Um, I know growing up, like if my dad and my dad is probably But now one we push that onto ourselves too as black women. Yeah, and I'm I was gonna get okay. to that. But like growing up, you know, my dad was um like hyper emotional, like more emotional than I think that I than I thought a man should be. Like he would right. cry in front of us, you know, he would break down, you know. And I'm um, in front of us and, and all these things. And I remember thinking, like, a lot of times, like, yo, why are you doing this? Like, you look so soft right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of what I thought a man shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. fast forward now, you know, growing up, I, you know, being in relationships and stuff like that, you see that, like, these guys are super disconnected. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you know, if... Uh, these dudes don't cry. Like I don't mm-hmm. get, I don't get anything from anything. them. You know, and when I'm mm-hmm. emotional, then it's a problem. Like no, you just you. Like well, I'm supposed to cry. You know what I'm saying? I'm supposed mm-hmm. to show emotion. And so when I think about, you know, I mean, now that I'm more educated on what has happened to us, I I see it now as yes, hyper masculine. This hyper masculine idea. And it's like, well, if a man can't cry, if a man can't show emotion, if a man can't express, you know, that I'm going through a lot right now, you know, I'm feeling really weak and I need someone, mm-hmm. then what are they supposed to do? Right. Be you know, angry. But yes, be angry. Yeah. And then, and that's, then when that's the smacking, only acceptable emotion. Exactly. Or they turn to drugs, alcohol, exactly. like yeah. they turn to, to like to cope. cope. And yeah. It's the same with women. It's the same, you know, thing with us. The same way we have to have our girlfriends, you know, that we can go to and cry and share and talk to men things about. Right. Like men need too. to have that space. Too, we all need safe spaces. We are all human beings with actual emotions, mm-hmm. and so hyper masculinity. I don't feed into it. Um, my mom, you know, would tell me later on in life, you know, if your man don't cry, run, like walk away. You that's, know, that's that's um, a word, and and that's I believe that exactly. Word. And so I don't. That's um, facts. I don't ever want to raise, you know, eventually, I don't ever want to have kids and raise my sons to feel like they can't express their emotion, you know, right. or to feel like in order to be a man, they have to pick up a football mm-hmm. or right. basketball, you know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. just all these super hyper masculine things that we see in our community. Like, let, let's try to break that down. You it's know? like, mm-hmm. yeah, just leave, leave people rigid. And yes, exactly. like, it's just like, it's you like, can't. Don't be fluid at all, or right. it's like you're questioning your sexuality or something yeah. like that. Are all you period? Yeah. Is like, there anything that you ladies have had to deal with as far as like, um, uh, like not you know, like us men have hyper masculinity that we have to deal with and like coming mm-hmm. against those stereotypes? Hold on a second, literally a bug just landed on me. What in the whole black ass fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Give me that piece of paper, please. At least it's a black bug. <laughs> <laughs> Why I gotta be black? <laughs> <laughs> um. I think about it. All right, we're back. Um, 
So yeah, um, is there anything that you ladies have to deal with, like that maybe was passed down to you from the community, like uh, I don't know, like being looked at as like maybe like a sex object, like mm-hmm. as a as a black woman or any issues at all? <laughs> the way they're looking I'll, at each I'll other. I'll let you start. I'll let you start. With um, <laughs> I, me, I mean, I just as far as a sex symbol. I think men look at a lot of women. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's it's always been like that. And not just for me, for other people that I know, you know, that's just how guys are. Now, I've had some vulgar things said to me, Uh um, and I'm supposed to just take it because it came from somebody that I know, or, you know, he's, you know, he's black guy, you know, it's, it's okay for them to say those things to us when it's, in all actuality, it's not okay for you mm-hmm. to say some things to us. But um, it's being a black woman <clears throat> now in this, in this time, we have to be, we're looked at to be as strong, we're supposed to be as strong as the man, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and that goes down to, oh, well, you know, she's too independent, so I'm not going to talk to her because she's too independent. She's doing everything on our on her own. Mm-hmm. And I know we have those things where we say, well, we can do it all. And we, women, we can do it all. But we want a man to be there to help us. It, it goes unsaid. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't want to always have to be strong. I don't want to always have to, you know what I'm saying, cry for five minutes and then pull mm-hmm. myself back together because I'm not supposed to be doing that because I'm a black woman and I'm not supposed to cry. I'm supposed okay. to do these type of things. Uh-huh. It's, it gets to be tiring and, you know, a lot of you know, you know, what I go through, you know, my situation, you know, my, y'all know. And it's just like, I take on a on everybody else's issues, everybody right. else's emotions, and mm-hmm. I don't let people see me cry. I cry. I can admit that I do cry, but I do it in the comforts of my bathroom or I do it in my room where nobody sees me because I'm afraid that if my family, who is so used to seeing me be strong and, and, and take care of things that need to be taken care of and making sure that I'm there for them, if they see me cry that you know, somehow they're going to, you know, and I'm getting emotional, but somehow they're going to lose their shit, basically. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I have so to always constantly together. let them see me be strong and mm-hmm. I not break down. And, and it's a lot. Like, yeah. And I can only imagine what a black man goes through when you're constantly telling him to man up and that he can't cry and that he can't go to his friends and, and cry and he can't say that, this shit is hard. It's, right, it's hard. Right. So I, I feel like, you know, we need to break that. You know, you don't always have to be strong. And I, my future husband, I want you to know, baby, you can cry to me. I, I'm going with that. I'm going to be right there. Lay his head right on that ample bosom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, um, I'm going to steer the ship a little bit okay. in a different direction really quick. Um, I want you to talk about a situation that you guys may have had where you had to deal with racism personally. Mm-hmm. And kind of what that experience was like for you, what it felt like. Um, I feel like we're all um, either over 30 or close to it. So we've all at this point probably have had some type of situation that's happened. I'll, I'll, explain, I'll go with mine first to give you time to kind of sort it out. Uh, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. And mm-hmm. so to be honest with you, I went to school with kids of all different races, ethnicities, all of that. So race never really was an issue. It never came up. Um, even like when we would like fight or be upset with each other, it was never like a black, white, Asian, Hispanic thing. Uh, then I moved south um, and I did high school and college in South Carolina. And um, then I started noticing that race was a thing. 
but still I was fortunate enough to never have had like dealt with it one on one personally until I was 21, 22. Mm-hmm. And I remember um I had first just started doing music really and um I was this is like back in like MySpace days. So it had to be like 2009ish, 2008, something like that. And there was this white guy who he and I were the same age and didn't know him um online and he came on my page, made some comments, calling me all types of niggas and just everything crazy. And I remember sitting in my chair in my bedroom and just being confused. Like, I wasn't even upset. I didn't get angry. I was just like, is this real? Is this actually happening? Is this a, is this a thing? And then the second thing that hit me was like, wow, he's really young. Like, it's not like I'm talking to some... 80 year old, 90 year old who's had these these ideals and these morals his whole life. Mm-hmm. This is like a 21, 22 year old kid mm-hmm. and you are a racist. I didn't understand it. It was very confusing for me. Um, leaving that, thankfully, I, I was able to isolate it to just him and not make, make, make it make me upset with every white person I encountered or expect that type of behavior or thought process from them. But that was certainly the first time it's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, every time after that that it's occurred, it hasn't been something that's been super direct, but it's been something that I've kind of noticed. Like there was a young man at my um, my last job who had no experience in the in the field that we worked in. I've been working in the field at that point for ten years. Um, I was able to help him get a job there with us at that company, um, doing the same job I was doing, and he made a higher salary salary than me. 10 years of experience to no experience. He was white, I was black. And so I looked at that and I was like, it took me a couple days. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm tripping, maybe I'm bugging. Like, I wanna really make sure it's not me. And I'm like, no, there's no other reason as to why he would have made more money than me, mm-hmm. like at all. And I couldn't really like, so those types of situations have happened, but nothing as direct as that online situation has happened to me. Right. I- Go ahead. No, go. Um, For me, I think I've never experienced like this overt racism. Um, It's always been kind of these microaggressions. So I grew up in small town Georgetown, South Carolina, um, where you would think that I would have experienced racism like (laughs) every day. Um, Well, the thing is, um, from kindergarten to second grade, I attended a school where you know um, there was both black kids and white kids. Everybody um, was there. And so I can remember my earliest experiences um, with white people is that I really I really liked white people. Like, mm-hmm. I really trusted white people. Uh-huh. Um, I had a lot of white friends. I had a lot of black friends, too. You know, mm-hmm. we all, like, played really nicely together. So, I mean, you know, as a kid, you know, yeah, you don't yeah. really notice those things. Um, but I can remember after that, um, starting third grade at a different school, there's all black students. I think there may, may have been one or two white kids in the whole school. And I remember every day that first year, that first year of third grade, crying every single day. So those kids were just so mean to me. Mm-hmm. Those kids were so mean. They called me all kinds of y'all. People would tease me because I have a flat face, <laughs> so they uh-huh. would call me pancake face. They called me stick stickly because I was so skinny and all these things. And so I can remember. Like, thinking about it, I'm like, well, my white friends were so nice to me at the old school, and I wanted to go back to that school. It's right. like, these kids are just so mean. I don't understand. And, they, you know, I'm thinking, like, they look like me. Why are they so mean to me? Yeah, yeah. And so fast forward, 
a few things going on. Um, you know, in middle school, we merged schools. A lot of the white um, parents took their kids out of those out of that school. They didn't mm-hmm. want black kids um, mixed with their children. So I can remember noticing those kinds of things. Um, jokes about certain teachers, you know, being racist and right, stuff right. like that. Um, but I can remember, you know, growing up, but also kind of conforming because, you know, when you're in a school and you remember what it is to be, to go to school with white kids and mm-hmm. actually enjoy it. Right. It's like now, well, they ain't, we ain't going back to that. So, you know, I'm with who I'm with. And so fast forward, you go to college. I'm with black people all the time. The experiences that I had with white people in college were like they were gross. I had two white roommates who were just disgusting. Okay. Um, no shade toward <laughs> white people as a whole, but those girls were... They were gross. Um, bless their hearts. I hope they've learned, you know, to be um, more clean. Um, anyway, so um, fast forward. <laughs> After all of that, I moved. Um, don't really have relationship with white people until I moved to Charlotte. Um, okay. I joined a church. The campus that I attend predominantly white. So, you know, my e-group leaders, they're white. And I can remember the first meeting and not feeling completely comfortable in that space. Okay. And so I kind of contribute that to microaggressions. Um, it's, you know, not like macroaggressions where it's like overt racism right. or anything. Uh-huh. And I won't even call it racism, but just those microaggressions, you know, or, or that feeling that I'm not completely supposed to be myself. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not that girl. I'm not supposed to be that girl that loves Jesus, but also loves trap music, right. you know, in that space. <laughs> right, you know, right. I can't, I can't connect with anybody, you know, on those, um, on those things. And so I, while my experience has not been completely, um, has not been one where I like, I feel like people have been racist to me. Yeah. I definitely has, have been aware of, you know, some racism or even um, some situations where I felt uncomfortable around white people. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of been a thing for me. Okay. Yeah. Brittany? Um, I can say I don't, like Vaughn said, it hasn't been like crazy mm-hmm. or anything. And I'm from Rock Hill, South Carolina. And you would think, <laughs> you right. know. But um, I can remember being in high school, um, being around some white kids and like my first best friend, she was white. Her name was Rose. Um, hey Rose, mine was Sam. <laughs> but, hey Rose and Sam. <laughs> but um, hell, mine was Noel. Hey Noel, right. what's up, buddy? So, it's just you. like. Um, you know, you had some kids that just didn't know. I know I dealt with a uh, a guy putting uh, com- drawing a Confederate flag on a desk when I was in high school. And I'm, I literally got put out of class because I wanted to fight him. But Sounds about right. <laughs> yes. yep. The next um, thing I would have to say was being followed around in Belk and Rock Hill. I'm like, really, you know, this mm-hmm. model really got shit. But, you know, <laughs> a white woman followed me around Belk the entire time I was there until me and her had literally got into it. And I had to, you know, cuss her out and let her know that I could buy whatever I wanted. This is fucking Belk. It's like, Belk, It's not that bitch. serious. It's Belk. And, you know, <laughs> right. I end up leaving, not getting anything out of there. But I haven't really dealt with it too much, you know. Mm-hmm. But I get it more. I got it more from, you know, black people. Like Vaughn said. Yes. yes. Growing up, I was skinny. Can you believe that? But... <laughs> <laughs> I was really, really, really small, and I got picked on for being too small, Mm -hmm. you know, got picked on for being bony, Mm -hmm. um, things like that, and it's just like I And that came from black folks, mm -hmm. black Black people, and that... Is that racism, or that just being teased? but being teased, I mean, like... What she's trying to say is that 
like her own people were were meaner to her than 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 black than, than white people were. Raid, right. Like she experienced like some sort of like like I said but before. I about, like, but the, to me, like comparing that or correlating that to being pre- being well, discriminated right. against, that's compare. not the, no, that's not, not the no, same no, thing. No, 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 no. That's conflating two different right, being right. teased yeah, and bullied. It's different from being discriminated against. But it's kind of to her point from earlier of being like not good to your own people. Mm-hmm. If you if you think about it that way, right. it's not the same thing at it's all. It's not, and no, kids are kids. Like kids are kids. Kids are gonna be mean. So just like I I'm still I still can't see that really, as the really correlation because white no, people white kids are mean to each other and white people are mean to each other. Agents are mean to each other. So I get what you're saying, but it's still not right. an excuse. Like yeah. it's not an excuse, yeah. but trying to say oh no, I've been I'm discriminated against. No, yeah, like that's Monique different. Yeah, I feel like that's what's happening. Talk about Monique later. I feel like that's what's happening. No, 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 not at all. I'm just saying that I I haven't gotten it like that. You know, I haven't gotten it from white. People growing up, like you would think that we would, being from South being Carolina. From South, yeah. Well, you from that, you're so. from um like pretty no, no shade, but like you are from the backest of backwoods. Back so like, have yes, you, I was raised <laughs> in South Carolina. Uh, uh, so have you had to deal with that at all, like some sort of racism in my hometown? No, but it's like one thing that everybody has said here. I always picked up on subtle cues of microaggressions or subtle cues of how you're supposed to be, how, when you, you know, where you're supposed to be at, how you're supposed to talk. Like subtle societal things that's placed. Because let's be honest, when we were kids in kindergarten up maybe to like third, like first, second, third grade, we all played together. We all hung out. Mm -hmm. It's society systems that told you. Whoa, you're black, you're white. We, there's a division. So, so that's what I'm saying. I don't think what everybody is saying is a you've been discriminated against. Mm-hmm. It's what you've been taught. Mm-hmm. And then to me, like I said, it's different from being bullied. Mm-hmm. Kids mean me being bullied and then being So do you taught. think we, we um, um, ruin our kids? Like because and like so for instance, my ex was a preschool teacher and he stated to me like that at the from four and like below you know, pretty much all, the kids don't know anything mm-hmm. about, they don't care, they have a good time. And then he said, like, once they leave my class, I've run into some students, like, afterward, and they're completely different. So do you think that, and not just black people, but white people as well, that we... I think society as a whole, just, right. like, just taint. It, but, but, but that's because just to show how much we need to change society, period. How much to needs say, to be changed. Do you think that's why racism still is, is still happening yeah. now? Is because, yes. Because, like, we, we're yes. passing it. Oh, yeah, you, yes, yeah, you're passing it out. Just like how the Wheeler Syndrome is a generational thing for minorities. Mm-hmm. State of being privileged mm-hmm. is a generational thing for white people Absolutely. because some of them don't even recognize the state of privilege they're in in society. Right. Okay, um, but back to me, like growing up, it's just like you say, you're from a small country town, so it's kind of like you just know you pick up on how people like some white, like um, growing up in my local grocery store, a white in our town is like it's kind of majority black, and mm-hmm. we have like a you know we had a uh, yeah. Um, I've seen 15 white people on that photo. Oh, that pull up. That don't mean white people don't live there. <laughs> uh, it's not like the white people no, ain't in charge in there. <laughs> no, but I've seen like one black person and I've seen 15 white people. So I mean, I it's not like white. white people is not in charge there. No, but I thought but, was right, right. but she, there was a cashier at a local grocery store and she used to wear gloves mm-hmm. when dealing with, like, when dealing with black people handing money and stuff mm-hmm. to black. So I saw stuff like that. It wasn't until I was in college. Um, where I was on campus and a white person 
a group of white boys where me and my best friend walked the campus and called, you know, yelled out to us niggas. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, niggas mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Or when I cut a guy off, mm-hmm. just he perceived, perceived I cut him off and he came up to me. Just start blessing me out, telling me I was going to be another st- statistic. So it was stuff like that mm-hmm. when I got older. Um, but, yeah, if I, I experienced it. But in, in those moments, I was just shocked. Didn't know, like, mm-hmm. I just shot, and it right. didn't turn into anger. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't change all of you guys. So these situations haven't changed your perception of um, like all white people as a whole. It's no. more of no, I don't just group them together situation. because I have, no. I have white friends. Right. I do. Yeah, I grew up no. With a lot of white people. I mean, it was a lot of white white people in my high school, my middle school. You know. I grew up with white people. My parents never taught me that I couldn't be around white people. You can't. Rose lived right next door. I was at her house mm-hmm. every day. She was at my house every day. It was just, it, I was never taught that I couldn't be around white people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to marriage, my mom and dad are strong on black love. Now, right? see, this is going to, I'm so well, glad you brought that up. That was my next question because I want to talk about, <laughs> I wanted to talk about interracial dating. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk about, like, is marrying outside of your race a problem? Um, and what and and how you really think about that? Because for me, growing up, my mom always said to me, um, and this is before she uh, knew that I was gay. She was like, "I don't care, you know, what type of woman you bring home. I don't care if she's black, she's white, she's Asian, whatever. As long as she treats you well, that's all that really matters." Mm-hmm. And she says the same thing now. She just, you know, <laughs> says, "Boy, right. I mean," but um, it 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 was never a thing in my house. So for me, to when I hear it said, like it is. It's an alarm for me. Like, it's alarming because I look at that as, number one, if a black person is in a relationship, it is black love because my black ass is in it. So it's black. Also, I feel like if you are telling your children um, that you can't marry or you can't date or bring somebody home of another race, I look at that as being prejudiced. Mm -hmm. I I think it's absolutely wrong. But because if you heard a white person say that to their white child, don't you bring a black person home? Then we would say, oh, they're racist. So what's really the difference? So you don't, you don't think don't, that's being said in the white household? I, that we, I'm not talking about that. Because okay. I don't know what goes in a white, a white household. I've, I wasn't raised white. I'm raised right. black. And I have, I'm having a conversation with my black friends. <laughs> and they're telling, and you just said that your, your parents said that. Yeah, I mean, they're going to want me, like your mom, to be with somebody that's going to make me happy. But for them, it's like, okay, um, we want you to, you know marry black you know we want black love for you but if you can't find that and you have to find it in another race they're 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 okay with that Mm -hmm. but you know the first option would be for it to be somebody black Mm -hmm. like that's their first option Mm -hmm. that came up in my household as well and it was a thing where my where my father was said hey i would for my sisters i prefer you marry a Mm-hmm. Black, married black man, and it came. And the conversation we had about that is why, and I didn't disagree necessarily. Whole heart disagree with his reasoning. Mm-hmm. Um, and his reasoning was, "Hey, you're in the South. I don't want you to have to put up with the struggles of being in an interracial relationship." Mm-hmm. And I get that. I got that. But I was still. We were still like, yeah, we get that, but. If that's if you just can't help who you fall in love with. And that's my stance on it. I don't really care. You can't help who you fall right. in love with. That's right. not for me to say which, you know what I'm saying, who you fall in love with and say you can't do that. So would you marry a white guy? I would. But that, is that my preference? I am shocked. I, <laughs> I, I am too. Yeah. I, I would if I happen. Like I said, 
Shouts out to Roderick. Jamila's in a relationship. Let's be clear. But it's just a hypothetical question. But no. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like I said, my preference, like I said, it's like my my innate attract my natural attraction is up is a black man. I just I can't help that. Um, Not necessarily say, but I never dismiss the fact that it could happen for a white guy, Asian guy, anybody. It was like I never dismissed that. Mm -hmm. I turn myself off from that possibility. So and I won't because it's like. You just never know. You will never know what life brings your way. I mean, listen to a lot of other people who, black people who end up in interracial relationships, they had the same mindset growing up. I'm always going to, you know, uh, Oprah had a series, what, Black Love, and she talked about, and there was an interracial couple in there, and she, the woman was like, for the longest, I thought I was going to marry a black man. That's who I always vision myself with. That's why I have an attraction to. But it just so happened, I came across this my husband. Oh, no, I've seen and, some white guys that I'll just be like, yeah, you yeah. can get it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I get. I get that. And you got to think about our parents and our grandparents. You got to think about t- the time they were raised mm-hmm. in and how interracial interracial relationship was viewed. Like my mom, um, like I've said before in the show, she and I, she's only 15 years older than me. She had me at 15. So mm-hmm. in her generation, I mean, things were beginning to shift. And also I was raised in the North. And so yeah, the South is much different have, when it comes to that. Yeah. Those conversations were much different. Like I, when I was like younger and I would like, quote unquote, go out with like um girls it would it was i mean it was black girls but it would be like hispanic girls too like it was i was the type of person i'm attracted to what i'm attracted to it's not mm-hmm. really a race even now when i think about who am i going to end up with like is my husband going to be i don't think about his race right um i'm yeah so it's just never been an issue for me like I'm, it's never been yeah, something I'm, and i can't stand to like it really it bothers me like when i've like and it's it's been on a couple different occasions where i've Seeing people express to their children that you need to stay in your race. If you can't use your comb, don't bring it home. Whatever, like, and I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, it's a fun, it's funny, it's, it's a funny saying, it's something to giggle at, but it's like, yeah. that's kind of prejudice. Like, I, I mean, we've said it before to my nephew, and mm-hmm. it's it's more on the lines of the things that we see black men go through mm-hmm. with white women i'm not trying to be funny i'm say no say no be, be real yeah. but like open yeah, up i mean like we've we've seen the things as far as you know them screaming rape on a black man and never happened and you know this man loses everything or you know them trying to take him down through there and you know take up for everything that he's worth or just I mean, those type of things that Black we women don't see, do that? Oh, I, I didn't say black <laughs> women didn't do that, but you do see it a lot when it comes to, you know, white women dating black men or a lot. it's a lot of stories in it, out there in the news where white women claim rape on black men and, 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 it, and it's been like that since Emmett Till. You know, things mm-hmm. things like that. And, and mm-hmm. I think she's trying to say it's more of when it comes to a white woman calling rape or a white right. woman saying she's been, you know, it's more of an outcry from society okay. than versus a black woman. also with my family, it's more so of black love is your is your partner going to understand something that you're going through when it mm-hmm. comes to racism when it comes to something that you're going through is your partner going to understand that is, a, is and I'm not saying white people can't understand the things that we go through to an extent but you know is is she going to understand what this black man is going through 
every single day like a black woman would. No, but think about the positive implications it could have to where you have two races coming together that don't have an understanding of one another's experience. Mm -hmm. And between that communication and that loving relationship, you can create an understanding, which then they can take back to their family who may possibly be prejudiced and can probably change their heart and then can change other people's hearts and and so so on and so forth. So that's what I was getting at. My... um, my little brother, he's 17, mm-hmm. um, still in high school. He's dating a white girl. Mm-hmm. Um, she's beautiful, too, by the way. I can't wait to meet her. Hey, girl. Um, yeah, hey. Um, so shout out to them. But I have wondered about that because she, and I'm only judging from Facebook, but she appears to be like this all-American white girl, like a horseback mm-hmm. rider, you know, uh-huh. just, you know, well-to-do, mm-hmm. you know, white girl. And so... And not to say that, that that's no shade to my little brother because he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he he's a black boy. You know, mm-hmm. he wears his J's. You know, he, he you know, he's real clean cut. But, you know, he you you see him and you don't think anything. But, okay, right. young black boy, you know, for the culture kind of thing. Got you know, it. rocks his, his, nat- his nappy haircut. Mm-hmm. Handsome fella. Um, but he's smart. He's very smart. He makes mm-hmm. great grades. He's, he's going somewhere in life. But I see the pictures of them and I'm like... I wonder what that's like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what that, what's that, what, how her family is dealing with it. Because I know my family, mm-hmm. you know, and I know everybody's accepting of, of the little girl and everything like that. Right. Um, but to your point, I see it and I'm like, okay, this is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I would never like, when I asked my brother about her, I said, are you treating her well? Mm-hmm. That's all I asked. You know, mm-hmm. it, it has nothing to do with her race or anything. You know, are you treating her well? And he yeah. answers me, you know, the way I, I hope he would answer. Right. And so that's fine. But I think about it, I'm like, okay, well, you know, if they're going to be together, um, you know, and if they're doing well, then I hope that this is an opportunity, if there's any issue from her family, for them to understand, begin to understand mm-hmm. him, right. for him to begin to understand them right. um, at the same time. Because we can't have one without the other. You right. know what I'm saying? We can't be for a thing and then, you know, against right, another right. thing. So. I'm hoping that good good things come out of that. Um, as far as I'm concerned with like relationships, I have never been against or you know dating outside my race. Right. Um, I've never well I've dated out my outside my race once, um, but I've usually you know been attracted to black guys. Uh-huh. My family, my mom specifically, um, growing up, she would always say, "Oh, you gonna be the one to bring a white boy home." Like she mm-hmm. would always say that, and I'm proud to say I am dating a black man. <laughs> <laughs> he's chocolate Shout too. To yes. <laughs> um, you know he's awesome. Um, but I think for me, I think the connection that we have, you know. Um, as far as, you know, two black people is one that I won't say that you can't find mm-hmm. um, outside, you know, if that I wouldn't find if I were dating outside my race. But the connection that we have, the, the cues that we understand, you know, right. the things that we understand about family. Like right. we were just talking, actually t- having a conversation about um, his upcoming family reunion, mm-hmm. you know, and it's things that they do that they're planning that like my family has done at family reunion. Right. So I'm like, oh, it's lit. It's going to be just like, you know, being mm-hmm. at home. And so mm-hmm. those are the things that we, you know, discuss and we talk about, we understand. And I think that connection is just one that you can't beat. I mean, Question, you know, and do we consider dating um, Hispanic people dating outside of our race? Do we consider because <laughs> no, I mean, there's this line that like that that that's, it's kind of blurred and I don't technically yes. Fam- well, I mean, like I have Puerto Ricans in my family. You know, uh-huh. I do. Like my cousins are Puerto Ricans. That's so. where them baby hairs come from. <laughs> okay. Come on. Come on but uh, shout out to the figaro's. But I'm just saying, like, I, 
No, I think when we speak, when we talk about data outside our race, we're not we're not talking brown people. I think just to be getting to the meat and potatoes. Jamel's face though. <laughs> when when my family speaks on it, they're basically talking about white people, and and I have talked to a white boy. Like shout out to Jason, he was fine, you know, <laughs> he was real fine. But um, I think that's when when we say data outside our race, a lot of people look at it as. As white. Okay, well, the concept of interracial 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 dating has always been black and white, yeah. but it can be black and Hispanic, black eat. and Asian. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a different race. The cultures because are different. Cultures yeah, are different. it's different. Exactly. I think we put it differently when we talk about like the Hispanic community and the Latino community. Some some black people put it differently because it's because right. it's on another minority. Our, exactly yeah. because it, it's, it's a minority. minority. But if we think of race, like race is culture race is first of all a, a social construct yes come um, on somebody say that one more <laughs> right. time race is a social construct for the people in the back um <laughs> one created to separate yes. people, people um right. to separate ethnicities yes um well no to do away with that ethnicity and separate people groups right. um so when i think about interracial da- dating i think about dating of the races mm-hmm. if you're hispanic that's a race yes you know what i'm saying um if you're white that's a race and so yes um if i'm dating Anyone that's not black, that's interracial dating. Now, I get what you're saying because I want the the one person that I dated outside of my race was Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And um I say was well, Hispanic, like he did or something. Um, <laughs> He's dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> that part. <laughs> um, but you know, I um you know, dating that was different. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, didn't understand a lot. He listened to like you know, trap music and stuff like that, right. but it wasn't the same as connecting as a black person. Right. You know, he grew up very well off, you know, mm-hmm. military parents and stuff like that. So um, there wasn't like a real like black connection there. There couldn't be a black connection because he's not black. Mm-hmm. You, you know, know what's crazy is like my first boyfriend was, was Puerto Rican um, and my second boyfriend was black and white. He was biracial. And to be honest, especially with with um, my first boyfriend, like, honestly, like I it didn't ever really cross my mind that he wasn't black because it mm-hmm. felt like I was dating a black guy. Yeah, I mean, because um, y'all can connect on certain levels because right. y'all have y'all both a minority, so mm-hmm. you, you kind of like you, you just know the, the struggle of walking every day as a. A minority, right. supp- like a suppressed, oppressed group in mm-hmm. American society. Right. Right. So that's why you f- kind of feel like that's what I think he was hitting on. Mm-hmm. Like that's that similar connection, that similar struggle. So you kind of feel like it's just black and white, but that's wrong. Interracial dating is if you date in right. I, 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 and I get that. Yeah, I understand that absolutely. And I don't, and I don't want this conversation to come and people take it. The audience take it as. My family don't like white people. <laughs> oh yeah, no. right? yeah. Saying, Let's be clear. Stay for minds. Okay, yeah. Don't understand that my family is very welcoming. They don't mind. We, we turn up with the best of them. We just don't. We don't really care about color. But when it comes to love, they feel like you know somebody of my race will understand the everyday struggles that we deal with. Mm-hmm. But if I happen to meet that white man, like I told them, and he treats me right, hey, don't same say that Z's. Well, you know? <laughs> I'm down so down. It is what it is. Because my nephew is dating a white girl. Shout out to Alyssa. Hey, girl. I think my little brother's girlfriend is <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> so if um, <laughs> so I, I know what you're thinking, <laughs> stop it, stop it. <laughs> Oh, I so, said, they always handle No, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't what I was thinking. <laughs> this train is such a hater. Oh, my. Such a hater. Oh, my goodness. Okay, anyway. Um, 
I was just about to turn it my way. Um, so I know none of us have children here, um, but you guys are probably some of y'all probably planning on having kids. Are you guys? Do y'all want kids? Mm -hmm. Yes. Shoot up the club. You know she did. So everybody here at the table but me wants children. Okay. So um, baby hater. I love kids. It is not for me. Fuck that shit. Um, So if your child brings home. A um a, a a white boy or a girl or whatever the case is. What do you think your reaction is going to be? And if your spouse has a differing reaction, like say you're like okay with it, but your spouse has a real problem with it, how do you have that conversation in your household? Like, what do you guys so, feel about that? <laughs> so I feel like if my child brought a white girl or white white person home, I you know I'd accept them. My first question, being who I am, mm-hmm. would be okay. Are their parents okay with this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, do their parent are their parents conscious of you know what's going on here? Because um, right. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want my son or daughter dating someone where they feel like they have to sneak and do it, right? Mm-hmm. Or they feel like they're not approved by that child's parents, or accepted, accepted exactly right. by that child's parents. Right. That would be my only issue. Okay. I'm sure um, that. I'm sure that you know my husband and I would probably have jokes like, "Oh, he brought." The- she brought the, brought the white girl home. What the, the white boy home? We ain't thought that. Okay, this is a surprise. Mm-hmm. Maybe that kind of thing, but it's all jokes. I'm sure it would be uh-huh. like a joke, but I wouldn't have a problem with it. I would just want to make sure that there's a mutual understanding between, you know, us and, and them, you know, as to what's what's really going on, um, making sure there's no, no ill will or anything like that. Okay. I think that conversation with my spouse would need to be had, like, before we have kids. You know, how do you feel about Sorry, this, y'all. you know, if... If our son or daughter brings home a different race, like, how do you feel about that? Right. But I I mean, I don't mind. And like I said, as long as my child is happy, I'm Absolutely. happy. Right. Absolutely. And, That's what it's all about. you know, I just want to make sure that, you know, little Sally Sue washes her hands before she go in the kitchen or something Sally like that. Like, I ain't trying to, trying to be funny, make but, sure you know. Uh-uh. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> try, try. But this is about it. I mean, like, it's. I don't have a problem with my child. I wouldn't have a problem with it. And if my spouse is, like, headstrong, we would definitely have to have a talk about, you know what I'm saying, if this makes him or her happy, we really can't do anything mm-hmm. about that. Like, you know, I just want to make sure that my child is comfortable when they go to some another racist house, mm-hmm. period. Absolutely. I think, yeah, to reiterate, same. Um, I would, I wouldn't have an issue with it. Some of y'all may be lying and not going to say, yeah, I'm not, when they walk through the door, might be like, huh? Like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. that's, that feeling like. There's a shock value. Oh, that's oh yeah, mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. I, oh, we weren't expecting mm-hmm. that. But, yeah, mm-hmm. but but I would be like, cool, at the end of the day, I don't care, mm-hmm. as long as you're happy. And, like, in, in, in the case of my child is still living in, in, under my household and mm-hmm. it's underage, is that other family okay? Because mm-hmm. I don't, like I said, if they have to do it in secrecy or... Mm-hmm. My child get hurt in any way, it's gonna be an issue it's because valid. yeah. So if it's if that's not they not cool with it, y'all, y'all can't gotta y'all gotta mm-hmm. stop this. Like you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I don't want no issues out of that. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't care. I honestly wouldn't care. Ooh, so what if Gay, straight, what if whatever. I don't care. Accepted to I'm check. I'm sorry. I'm no, you could go for, go for it. If their family isn't accepted to your child dating their you know their child. And but your child is headstrong with being with that person, and the you know they're headstrong and being in this relationship. But her parent, her parents, his parents aren't acceptive 
of it. How do you deal with that? How can you make your child leave the person that they love? You know you what I'm saying? Like you can't, you can't force somebody to do anything. You really can't. I. It would have to be we are if y'all meet. We it's going to be I'm there so for safe, you know, and we're going to be in a safe place so yes. we're not pop off. If that if you that here strong about it, then we're going to be in safe places and I'm going to be there at all times. Because yeah, right. I'm not going. It's not going to be a situation where y'all get sneak up on they family start just you know mm-hmm. doing the worst or doing the most. Right. Uh, like that's just me because I'm an overprotective person when it comes to people I care about. And if in case, if it happens, I don't know how really it's going to happen when it actually does happen, but I just don't want that. Right. Especially how just random acts of violence and craziness happen now. Like, I just, I just cannot see myself knowing that them parents don't want, don't Mm -hmm. care for my child. Mm -hmm. They just simply say, I'm comfortable with y'all being alone together. Mm -hmm. I agree. Hmm. This is very interesting. Sometimes, like, I listen to these conversations, even in my everyday life, and a lot of times I will get quiet and just listen because sometimes I feel like, I'm a crazy person mm-hmm. because a lot of the I like ideals or feelings or thoughts that my other black brothers and sisters have. I don't have those. Mm-hmm. And it makes me kind of sit back and like, okay, let me first check myself and make sure like I'm not bugging because like if my kid, which I'm not going to have my imaginary <laughs> kid, um, you know, bought home, uh, you know, someone they're dating from another, another race. Like I honestly would not, it wouldn't be shocking to me. It wouldn't be something that I would like think twice about. I wouldn't be like, oh, it's a it's a white guy, it's a white girl. I'd be like, you know, what's what's happening? Like, you know, come have a seat at the table. Wouldn't be a big deal. Um, and I kind of feel like the same with you know, if it was me coming home to my family with you know a white person, I don't think it would be a thing. Right. Um, well, I think I, it's like how you were raised, because like we all mentioned, like how we were raised, it was always. Hey, you know, we would prefer you. You know what I'm saying? My stepdad, he's from South Carolina, born and raised. Like he lived in New York with us for like a year, year and a half. But he's Mm -hmm. he's a southern a southern dude. Like so, um, and you know, he's he's mentioned that he was like you know for the same things you guys had said earlier. I would prefer it be you know someone of your same race because I don't want you to have those those struggles Struggles. and situations. Mm -hmm. But my response to that is always, I'm already having a struggle in the situation because Mm -hmm. starting off the bat, I'm dating a dude, Mm -hmm. so that's already going to be issue. So you know, adding white or Asian or whatever to the equation, it really isn't much of a big deal for me. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, he ain't going to care. Like, I guess it's, I trace it back to what you hear your parents always say about parenting and just anything like, you just don't want your child to deal with any type mm-hmm. of struggles. Like, you worry. You like don't you want know, it to be worse for them. Yeah. yeah. We already have it life, Yeah, time. life is hard enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, my father, my father always told me this growing up a child, as a child, like, in this world, you got already two strikes against you mm-hmm. for being black and you're a male. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll tell my like, that. like, so it's just letting me know, mm-hmm. like, growing up, life is going to be difficult because you're black and you're a male. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, and that, and like hearing parents, hearing my parents talk, you just want the best for your child. You want your child just this breeze through life with no troubles, mm-hmm. no worries at all. That's unrealistic, though. And it is, but you just, but you as a parent, I feel like parents just can't help but try to block to block her. some of that yeah. or take some of that impact mm-hmm. from you. Yeah, right. absolutely. That's their just. I think that's just their innate mm-hmm. n- nature, nature, territory. Yeah, facilitate as good of a life for kids as we can. Right. Um, you know. Let me ask this: Do you think that um, black people can be racist? No. Mm-hmm. Um, Why not, Jamel? Black people can't be racist because black people are, are not set up in particular this society as having any place of power to subjugate or benefit from the systems that in place. So uh, 
break down the definition of racism for me, if you can. Come on, somebody. <laughs> well, racism to, to me is a certain race, culture, or majority group mm-hmm. who has a significant amount of power, um, uh, decision making, and benefits for the institutions and control of those institutions in society. And when it comes to American society, no other race than the white race has been in that part part that type of position so do i think black people or other minorities can be prejudiced or bigoted yes because holding a prejudice or or some type of bigotry towards another person that's typically what it is you just discriminate against discriminate against somebody very heavily because of that um but being racist no because we never have we never been in a position of in this society to say we benefit from institutions and systems here or we can be put in position of power to do so okay Mm -hmm. have you guys come across any um any like friends or family members or whatever um who are black who you would deem to have been prejudiced or bigoted. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. How do y'all how do y'all deal with that? Um it, I call it out. Yeah, I call it you out. Call it out. <laughs> it's, it's aggravating sometimes. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? You can't always just say some things like really you just said that that's I I, I feel like sometimes it, it can be on the borderlines of being really really mean cuz I have some friends that just don't, you know, they don't be around white people, you mm-hmm. know, things like that, but it's just like Oh my God! Did you really just say that? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like you, you need to be called out on your bullshit. Like, I'm glad you guys are saying that, that because I feel like you know if if I have a white friend um, who goes home and their family or their friends are racist mm-hmm. and they're they're not you mm-hmm. know that they're not in particular but their family and friends are and they say and do racist things around them and they don't speak up I feel like that you are supporting in a quiet way right. that yeah. behavior um, and so it's good to hear um, that we do the same thing mm-hmm. I appreciate that right. um, because it's just either way it's an ugly thing what I was I was just going to say I mean honestly I, I don't I don't feel like there's any other way to be you know what I'm saying um, right. if you have a friend that's saying ugly things about somebody of the opposite race like it's kind of like the same thing we wouldn't want them to do it to us so why even right. exactly why even do it to them? You know, right. why even give that back to them? Right. I'm all I'm all for giving giving the opposite of what they give. Right. Okay. We know the negativity, give positivity. Like don't feed into that um, mm-hmm. at all. So and I don't I'm, yeah. And I'm glad you hit on that like when a white person go home and maybe go home to yeah, yeah. a racist group of friends or family. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing I always tell anybody white who we have this conversation mm-hmm. when they be like, Okay, so what can I do to push the needle forward, speak, speak out and speak against power. when Check you have when, when you in those circles in those environments mm-hmm. and inform people this is why this is wrong. Absolutely. And this, these are some of the struggles that these communities are going through. Absolutely. And so and this is why you should care. Mm-hmm. This is why this is not okay. You guys who are not viewing to use your privilege to fight back. Like, yes, fight, use you your know, privilege for us to fight for the other, and that's what I tell black. You need like when, and I hate to say when we going through something like if a black person, you know, and I hate this when 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 a black guy gets killed by a white cop, and we go on here and we we you know back to social media again. Mm-hmm. You know, we got people supporting us, and and they're not black. Mm-hmm. Why does that matter? We need people from other races speaking Absolutely. up for us. Period. Mm-hmm. We need white people on our side when it comes to these issues to speak up. You can't say that, oh well, this this is not this is a black issue. This is this is all our issue when it when it comes down to police brutality and things of that nature. We need white people. We need mm-hmm. Hispanics. We need Latin. We need everybody to 
speak on these issues and the struggles that we go through. So you cannot separate that. If, if somebody, and, oh, they're not, they're, they're not dark enough to speak on these issues, that does not matter at mm-hmm. all. It's an issue. It's, mm-hmm. it's an American issue. It's a problem, and it needs to be fixed. I don't care, white, black, brown. Everybody needs to speak on that issue. You guys are not like y'all can't see us obviously, but um, you guys are missing on all the uh, the cues I'm giving to my my family here at the table. Mm-hmm. Like they're bringing up stuff. Like when Jamil talked about brought this subject up, it's something I was gonna jump to next actually, mm-hmm. and talk about pretty much like what is something that you would want a white person to know. So I'm just like I, I love the fact that that this came up without me even having to ask the question. Mm-hmm. Um, but the flip side of that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, well, I guess I'll say mine first uh, as well, um, what I want a white person to know. I probably would say that, um, again, to piggyback off what you guys said, uh, to be a voice and to use your privilege um, to stand up and to uh, help us fight against inequality and, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will also want a white person to know, at least for me, speaking for myself, I know sometimes that, you know, asking a quote unquote dumb question or asking for knowledge that you don't have would, you know, probably get a response from a black person that you wouldn't necessarily like. They might they might get upset with you for not knowing something or asking that stupid question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you for me, I'm not upset I'm not upset about that. So mm-hmm. feel free to ask me a question. Again, all things done in respect and love, you know what I mean, but ask me the question if you want clarity. I'm okay with that. And I feel mm-hmm. like us black people, we all have a different uh role to play in this whole situation. Some people are out in the front lines, they're out there protesting. Some people we have um, working on new legislation. Mm-hmm. We have, Everybody plays their role. My role, I work best when I'm like one-on-one. So I work best within relationships. So mm-hmm. my relationships, my friendships with white people, I'm able to help educate them on things that they don't know mm-hmm. and things that they may not see because of their white privilege. They may not understand. So please, by all means, ask me the question. If you have friends or um, friends that are black and you don't feel like you're comfortable or you can't ask them that question, cool, come ask me. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. So I want you to know you're safe with me to ask me a question. I would say my, co- my answer will be a two-parter. The mm-hmm. first thing... Um, it would be for a white, well, one white person, though, first recognize that you do have privilege. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge that you do. Because right. that did, because you, you won't, you wouldn't be able to speak out or speak against it if you don't recognize yes. first where uh-huh. you stand in society right. versus other people. And then you speak. So my, part, my answer to that would be twofold recognizing the knowledge of privilege and status in the society. Mm-hmm. Then once you do, speak out for, for, for us and against discrimination. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I, um, definitely agree with you as far as like using using privilege to mm-hmm. speak against um evils systemic evils against um minority um also and <laughs> this is kind of kind of light but this is also something that really bothers me mm-hmm. um the topic of appropriation uh-huh. mm. um, cultural appropriation that didn't come up mm-hmm. um i've been in settings where uh White people have spoken to me and have either put on like this, you know, this sister girl girl kind of like giving me like sister girl kind of vibes. And I'm like, girl, (laughs) Uh you don't have to do that Mm -hmm. to speak to me. Right. Um, So don't try to be us Mm -hmm. to reach us Um, is 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 what I would say. Um, Be who you are and let me be who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, If anything. Create a space where I'm okay with being who I am. Um, you know, where I feel, well, no, not where I'm, because I am okay being who I am, where I feel okay being who I am. Okay. And I don't feel like you're, like I have to be 
like you or you have to be like me in order right. for us to connect. Mm-hmm. And also, um, too, ask, ask, the, ask the dumb questions. Like, if you have a question, like anybody, you'll have my social media handle at the end of this. But mm-hmm. ask me the dumb questions. I don't mind. If anything, I, I want us to be able to have conversations um, mm-hmm. now more than ever. Um, this conversation on race and in church and stuff, we had went to church. I went to church this morning. They had this conversation, mm-hmm. and uh, one of my church. I do go to church. Right. Okay, um, so one of my church He's members. Still going to hell. You riding with me, <laughs> but no. One of my white church members asked, "What like if you don't know, or if you're afraid or hesitant to ask a certain questions? What can you do, or what can you do to facilitate comfortability, or something like that?" And my and it was uh, two pastors, co-pastor, one white, one black, and a black pastor um, said, "Well." If you want to set that setting or that level of feel of comfortability, like you said, like when you mentioned, like don't like don't have the accent or feel like right. you have to put on, yeah, like don't try to connect <laughs> on something surface level where it comes off you being insincere or you just trying to bring up that right. oh you, do you heard a new Little Wayne song like like don't <laughs> do stuff like that just like don't do stuff like that just hey if you really want to know something and you kind of hesitant and want to try to bring a roundabout way to figure out how to bring in a conversation it's okay to like to do a little research as well be your don't self. yeah like do a, like do a, it's okay to be like don't Research another pastor than the T.D. Jakes because that's the only other black pastor you know. Like it's okay to like to do just a little, you know what I'm saying? Just to, <laughs> just to do a little research where you can spark that conversation. Like, oh, you know what? I was reading this the other day. Like, yeah. can you can you tell me your thoughts on that? Or how do you feel about that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Something like you, that. What do you say to to um? To, to black people who would still be upset about that. Don't be. You yeah. can't. Don't be yeah. upset. Like, you, this is a, like, they say a word. This is a coaching opportunity. Like, yes. a teachable <laughs> moment. Like, teachable we, we, moment. we really need to, you know, be able to have these discussions without getting angry. If they don't know, they don't, they know. don't know. If it's not your experience, like, why why would you know? Why would you In a sense, like, I... I, yeah. I I'm not an Asian person, so although I have an, an overall like view or, or, or idea of like Asian culture and things of that nature, I don't know all the intricacies. Exactly. Yeah, my response would be like, yeah, you kind of have to be like, yo, scale it back because if this person's coming in humbleness or just like just being right, humble just and just and, like just don't know. And again, I'm the type of person too as well. There are some stuff you should just no. you should just know you shouldn't be like I shouldn't have to explain to you why police brutality is wrong, why discrimination in women in the workplace is wrong. Like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like certain stuff like that, and you have to because sometimes you do have those conversations. You arguing back with people with these certain topics, mm-hmm. and it's like sometimes you get us like it's just dumb. It's like dumb. yeah, it's ignorance because sometimes not knowing. Sometimes people use the excuse of ignorance to pacify. Being racist or but prejudiced, but you can you can most of the time tell if somebody is is being just being argumentative or if they're actually ignorant to something yes, and they no, and they no. really want to yeah. know. And like to that I, person, I would say, if you know the difference, don't come, don't attack that person. If you right. know this person is coming out of pure right, right. like humbleness yeah. and don't know, then don't attack that person. Um, I got like I can't believe we did this. We actually got through almost everything except two questions. I have. Um, I wanted to touch on. You know what? Never mind. No, go ahead. Because it it, kind of ties in together with it. It's kind of like the same question. I want to, it's kind of like a hot button. Like, I don't really do like a lot of current events, but I'm going to do it on this one. Let's talk about this Monique situation. 
because um, <laughs> it is it is a black thing. We spoke about this. Um, yes, let's please. Can we, okay. And I'm <laughs> on, okay. Oh wait. Okay. So for those who don't know, um, I'm gonna like, bring you up to speed. If you don't, I don't know how you don't know because. Um, oh, okay, so Monique is a is an Oscar winning um, comedian. She is. Um, she is a decorated comedian, so she has lots and lots of awards for her acting, her 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 comic comedic ability, things of that nature. And so Netflix asked her to do a special for them, and they offered her five hundred thousand dollars to do the special. Um, she turned it down. Uh, because for as decorated as she is, she should have received more money. And then also looking at her counterparts, um, like Amy Schumer, who is less um, decorated than she, Amy was offered, like, what was it? Three mil- like $13 million? $13, $13 million. $13 million or something like that. And then Amy went back and renegotiated for an extra million dollars, and they gave it to her. Um, so when Monique went back and said, hey, $500,000 is way too low. And also with that deal, too, they told her she couldn't work and stand up for another two years as Correct. well. Correct. Right. But they said that she didn't counter-offer. Monique because they said it was non-negotiable. Okay. So you have, the reason why I brought her up is because it's very polarizing in the black community. You have mm-hmm. some black folks who um, are telling Monique to sit down and shut up pretty much. And then you have other black people who are like, I stand with Monique. So how do we all feel about that? Okay. So me and uh, Vaughn had this conversation uh, Friday. So my take on it is I agree with Monique. I understand where she's coming from. Yes, she should have been offered more money. She um, has been in the game for a long time. She can produce receipts and resumes. And then some uh, on the other line of that, I kind of disagree with her. And the reason why I disagree with Monique is because of her delivery. Mm-hmm. Her delivery on this situation, her delivery on past situations. You know, you, you can attract more bees with honey than you can with vinegar. Like, you cannot just go out here and just start saying these things and, and burning all these bridges and then expect everyone to be on your side and want to back you on things that you, you know, you, you're coming out with now. And as, like I told Vaughn, I said, okay, she, she sees that, you know, she's not getting the support that she really wants. But what does she do now? What do mm-hmm. we? And, and that's the thing, you know, as far as 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 black people as a whole. Okay, we we do this. We yell, and everybody's looking at us yell. And we uh-huh. have we have the attention for that moment. But what do we do next? Mm-hmm. The next thing that Monique can do on her own. Okay, you don't you don't want me. You don't want to give me the money that I deserve. Then what am I going to do next? She can start her own Queens of Comedy tour. She can. Well, she says she's in the process of doing her own special. Saying. So that's what I'm saying. So it's but are we going to support her though? Are we going to support her because? I would you- Definitely support her. And I, I'm, I'm not saying you in particular. Right. But I'm saying like us as people because I, I look at. As a matter of fact, um, who was it? Jesus, somebody posted. Um, uh, Chance the rapper, I think it was. I'm about to say I went Chance the rapper. Forgive I stand me. with Monique. Yeah, he he posted. I stand with Monique. Yeah. And then I look under some of the comments, and you have people like Lil uh, Lil Duval, like saying like just cutting jokes and like yeah. still taking jabs at Monique. And I'm like, yo. This is a prime example as to how we don't know how to support one another. Yes, exactly. The cause she's standing up for is valid. What yes. she's saying is valid. Yes. And the reason why Lil Duval, you're able to have a platform is because of people like her. Come so on. for you to stand your little ass up <laughs> on on a stool mm-hmm. and try and come for Monique when she's standing up for your dumb black ass, mm-hmm. it makes no sense to me. Because she's even said, if they offer me this, what are they going to offer people like Tiffany Haddish coming behind me? 
what they gonna offer people like Lil Duval coming behind me? It makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. So they offer him that. Go we have to support her, <laughs> and we and I don't care for her delivery either. I think she could have done it in a better way. She's a very mm-hmm. intelligent woman, yeah, and she's very great with her work. She could have done it better. But at the same time, I still stand for her message. Even when she kind of got into it with Charlemagne the other day, it's I get where she's coming from. Charlemagne, everything's not a joke. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this is where you wrote that book. Mm-hmm. That this is where you enact those same principles you right. were talking about in your right. book. Right. Support your sister while she's sitting on your show. Give her the platform to speak her truth mm-hmm. and, and I, not roast her. Right. And I think that comes with the issue of this in society whole with the support of the lacking in support and mm-hmm. acknowledgement and and representation of black women. Right. They yes. get the least recognition and the least acknowledgement mm-hmm. and the least support, even in in society as a whole. Mm-hmm. So, and like she said, she made a good point. Hey, I'm a larger black woman. And when it comes to back when women, especially larger black women, when we like stand up. Me. No, I'm just looking at you like. <laughs> <laughs> but she was trying to say when we stand up, especially when, you know, when we stand up for ourselves, is we being loud, we being, bo- mm-hmm. you know, aggressive. We, you know what I'm saying? Angry black angry women. women. Yeah. So, again, I agree with her message wholeheartedly. Yes, I don't agree with how she delivers sometimes. Mm-hmm. But. Hey, my loves. Uh, <laughs> but, you, but sometimes when you pissed off. And you get tired of being in a situation okay, right. over and over again. It's and it's like, come out like that, sometimes right. it's going to come off raw. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Fine. Yeah, no, I mean, my, I, I agree with every part of what you said. I don't agree with Monique's delivery. I totally agree with what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Because what she's doing, and that's the thing, like, when these things happen, we don't ever look deeper Right, right. situations. Mm-hmm. Like, right. all we're looking at is Monique, the person that called out Oprah Tyler Perry and um, right. Lee, Daniels. Name, Lee Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um, the person that, you know, has been known for, you know, causing stirs and causing trouble on set and stuff. However, the fact that she's saying this speaks to a deeper issue. Mm-hmm. And the deeper mm-hmm. issue, like Jamil said, is the fact that a lot of our black actresses are Come over, on. like, Overcasted, overperforming, and underpaid. Mm, absolutely, you know. Um, Viola Davis talked about this. What's um, what's Sister Girl who played her um, her partner in Olivia. the Help? No, Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer. Like recently, they yeah. had to you know reach out to white counterparts to get more money. You know, right. on on Jessica, certain roles. Jessica, uh, Jessica yeah. Chastain. Exactly. Yeah. So and her. so this whole situation. Is one where we need to look past Moni, not not necessarily look past Moni, like ignore her, but look at what she's talking about. Right. The fact is that there is actual discrimination going on. You know, there is Mm -hmm. actual like this. This is actually happening. You know, they're not paying these women as much as they should be paid. Right. Um, and that's the issue. I don't care what people say about Monique, and you know, she when she said that she's the most decorated, I probably don't agree with that. But the fact is... I mean, is, she has receipts. She, she has does have receipts. She she won an Oscar. She, you know, she like, she does have these receipts. Yeah. And so I think whenever these issues rise, and that's for anything, because that's, we, we tend to sensationalize these one instances and then miss the entire message. Right. And that's and what that's, was happening before, like, she provided, like, the, I think it was like emails and yeah, stuff that was going yeah. to But that's my only... Like, more right, because that's... The, than but that was my only that. issue. If you had all these receipts... And facts, just bring it out front when nobody can't doubt your yeah. credibility. Right, 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 right. But, but we still would, come on, you know how it is on the internet. We still would have had a problem. We still would have roasted. We still would have told her to sit down. She probably still would have got roasted, yeah, but her truth is like, you couldn't deny the truth. Like, you can't, honestly, de- you know what I'm saying? I saw that little hotel room video. I was like, chair, please. When I yeah. first saw it, I was like, yeah. girl, 
girl, you could have you could have sat on yeah, your when couch. She, when she first and came out and just was like boycott Netflix, and I'm yeah, looking at I'm her like, like now, now, Netflix now, just took a payment out of my account. I'm not boycotting. right, right, exactly. <laughs> I just paid the bills. I just started watching The Punisher again for the second time, bitch. I don't care. No, that's that's valid. Um, but no, I just want to sit. Listen, I mean, for what it's worth, you know, for you know this raggedy ass podcast, we support you around here, girl. I mean, we we support what you're trying to do. Right. Um, now I don't know the answer to what like her delivery could have been, how it could have been better. I don't know. That's right. not my thing. What I'm right. saying is, I support your cause and I stand with you because Absolutely. it it's valid. It is. It's valid. It is and one thing I want to point out, and what makes the situation with uh, Monique unique is, and to my knowledge as of right now, I don't know any other black actor or actress had made a call to action mm-hmm. in support of this issue. Right. Her exactly. call of action was, hey, let's boycott. Right. Because it and is, yeah, you're and right. With, and with the issue of boycott and people don't want to make the sacrifice because mm-hmm. it's inconvenient. So for that's, them. that's not a, in this day I and age, in, <laughs> in this day and age, that's not a viable um, course of action, I don't mm-hmm. think. Um, What's a viable course of action? I don't know. I, I, I don't know the answers. I don't have the answers, but I don't think Why that's, you don't I think think that's the route. Because, like you said, people are inconvenienced, and people don't like being in- the smallest inconveniences these days. Like, really piss people off. So you're going to ask a, people to. to and that's an issue. Like, it is an issue, an but issue, but it's a fact. And yeah. so I don't think that's the route to go right now. But how do you expect change if you're not willing to make sacrifices? I mean, and throughout history, people made sacrifices to get change. I think part of what could be done. Ooh, that's, um, a good, that's a good point. That, that's real. Mm-hmm. But I think part of what could be done is like. How about we not have her be the only person standing up for this situation? Mm-hmm. We've known this has been going on in black Hollywood for years. Mm-hmm. And nobody else has stood up and nobody else has said anything mm-hmm. about it except her. And the fact that she's standing up now almost by herself still mm-hmm. is an issue. Mm-hmm. Think about if the rest of black Hollywood stood with her and were like, you know what? We all stand for this. We all deserve more. Think about what would happen mm-hmm. at that point. And not just talking about actors and actresses, but directors and and you know uh, corporate America PAs just any you know what I mean like, mm-hmm. think about that you know so I think that's a viable solution maybe, if you take away your your talents and your gifts and your presence mm-hmm. and yeah. then they see the impact of that mm-hmm. again that's a literally that you're calling for Hollywood black Hollywood to boycott again mm-hmm. if boycott's not working you're not going to be willing to make that second not fight even if anybody boycott is, is, is us coming out with our own things like Tyler Perry has his own production studios and he employs a lot of black people um, you know Oprah employing black people with her own you know her own network things of that nature I think is it, it goes back to us we need to finally have our own we don't but need again, to but again with that, in order to support a black business, you got to be able to to boycott and say, "I'm not going to shop at this, like this, exactly. you know." But don't you think me. that would kind of still create like a segregation 2.0 kind of situation to where we all, you do your thing over here, we do our own thing is over it really, here? Is it really segregating when we're basically supporting one another? Because you can't go into an Asian community and and. And open up a business. A black person is not going to an Asian community. And open That's up not a what I'm saying. What, what are you saying? What I'm saying is there's a difference between supporting each other's community and then saying I'm not going to support them at all. I'm just going to deal with you. There's that segregation, that separation, as opposed to saying. I'm but nobody you and- says that when you have communities like Chinatown or you have communities like or you know what I'm saying, That's like what I'm these, saying. like when Jewish people come together and they have like. Uh, me and somebody we know, like uh, Rich, we talked about this. There's different communities that yeah, has this not... like thing where we're going to support each other. Yeah. There's a bucket where we're going to support right. each they're other. They're supporting each other, but, but do you think that they're not patronizing businesses of other ethnicities or other? They're mm-hmm. doing that as well. That's well, my point. That's I don't think it's segregation because who's going to support you if your own people won't? Exactly. I'm again. I'm not saying don't support each other. <laughs> what I'm saying is. 
don't support each other and then disregard everything else. I think that would well, create. We're not, I don't, I don't think that's that. W- I don't, and I don't even think that's the way to go because I mean, ultimately, especially here in America, like we're gonna need. We need each other. We're not boycotting is not a permanent thing. I'm saying boycott until you see that change, and then you can go back and patron that company. Because, like I told, like I I told my friend, when it comes to boycott Netflix, you have other avenues to go to. You got Hulu, you got Amazon, so you have other streaming services. Mm -hmm. Boycott until Netflix fill that pit, Mm -hmm. and then. Oh, these other companies are going to be like, oh, ho- other Hollywood going to be like, like, you know, other people going to be like, oh, shit, you see that hit that Netflix have? Mm-hmm. We we're don't want that. So we're not going to try that. We're not going to yeah. do what Netflix yeah, yeah. did. And so, and then when Netflix come back and we see that they are trying to uh, uh, make up for that mistake, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, y'all, y'all can, we can you fuck with it. Netflix again. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't, like, uh, I feel like when when it comes to making sacrifices, people like to make excuses of why not to. I can agree with that. I guess just for me, my my whole objective, even with having this conversation and the conversation we're going to have next week um, as well, my whole objective always is to have, at the end of it, to be able to have some sense of community and oneness. Because I feel like that is what... White people can boycott with us. Asian can boycott with us. It's not like saying there we go. We're not saying just exclusively black people to boycott because back in the civil rights, it wouldn't just you had white people in those marches as well. So I'm not saying just one community just segregate. But I believe, I wholeheartedly believe that we should be in the forefront. It should be more us, us us making that push of supporting, saying that. I'm not saying white people can't tag along, but we need to be in the forerunners in that. And that goes back to the whole conversation of this whole podcast Mm -hmm. is us supporting each other more. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. To me, because ultimately we need each other. You know what I'm saying? But it's really, it's, I think boycotting helps us make them understand that we need each other. You know what I'm saying? You know what? Cause that, it's easy for us to. It's, you know it's, what? We girl, say I'm as black throw people, this mic. that is so deep. I never like, looked at it like that. You know I never saying? did. Like, we know we need them. You know what I'm saying? And we we need them. You know what I'm saying? And economically, yes, we need them. We thrive off of their businesses, their companies, but we have to get them to see. Mm-hmm. That they need us as well. That's you know what. And that buying power is so huge. Exactly. So huge. That's why it's so huge. Can you imagine if you boy if we boycott a thing like Netflix? That's taking major the revenue money from, from them. them. Right, right, right. And then they see, oh wait, we have to do right by these people. people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We have to do right by them, and not just these people, not just because they're black. We have to do right by them because they're consumers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We have to do right by them because they have buying power. They yeah. have staying power. Because yeah. they are people. Absolutely. We are people, we are people and we all That's need it. one another. And That's why I say we have to be in the front before runners because nobody can explain your pain better than you can. Absolutely. So they need you know to see us in these spaces. Yeah. This is, this is we're going to have, uh, again, like this is going to be an ongoing conversation. Um, don't think that just this is the first and last <laughs> conversation we're going to have about this. We're going to do it again. Um, but like I said, next week we're going to have, a, I guess, a part two to this. And um, Yvonne's going to be joining me. Um, and then hey. we also have um, two other of our white brothers and sisters coming to join us as well to have the conversation. Oh, I think I it's going to be great to kind of, yeah. by all means, come sit in. We have a couch <laughs> here. We have space and room. I just want to get their perspective and have a very similar conversation with them mm-hmm. and see kind of what they're thinking and what they're feeling. And maybe, you know, open up some eyes to what we're feeling mm-hmm. so right. you kind of understand Absolutely. our experience. I'm really looking yeah. forward to it. Um, I really want to thank y'all for coming and doing this today Yay. because I know it's probably not the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone's view wasn't the most popular, but at the same time, it was your view. And mm-hmm. it's a view that I'm sure somebody else out there can connect with. Absolutely. Right. Um, 
I guess this is kind of wrapping up the show. I did not mean to go this long. This is like an hour and fucking almost 50 minutes. Jesus. <laughs> but it didn't feel that long. This is going to be like the longest show we've had so far. Um, but I want to uh, end the show real quick. We're going to invite somebody to the cookout and um, uninvite somebody. Um, I guess staying with the in the vein of love, which is how we had this conversation, mm-hmm. I want to invite uh, one of my Instagram friends to the cookout. Uh, we've had some conversation in the past, like some DM conversation, good conversation. It wasn't that nasty. Um, but um, his his handle is uh, No, I'm Not a Celebrity. And we've kind of talked about him before, um, some of us here at the table. Um, his real name is Shamar. Um, Shamar is an absolutely beautiful person inside and out. Um, I, if you follow him on Instagram, he uh, will send you, like he'll put up videos um, or even pictures. And it's kind of like scantily clad. I mean, he's gorgeous. Um, but then if you read the comments or the uh, the caption underneath, it's always this really great message talking about whether it be mental health or self-love, whatever the case is. And he does these types of things to bring your attention to actual issues. Everybody's on their phone now. I think they might be trying to look him up. Um, <laughs> Uh, but one thing that, that really stood out to me, um, and it's, I, I guess he and I have a very similar passion for this is I've seen him post videos of him. He's riding around in his vehicle. He has these gift bags full of things for, um, homeless people. Nice. And, um, I don't know if you guys remember like last year, I think it was the year before we all went out and we served the homeless community. We put bags together and went out and did that. And so, and that's a passion of mine. So to see him doing that, and he'll post videos of himself doing that. It is beautiful, and I want to bring attention to it because he made a, a post once saying that um, he made a post about that video, showing him giving a bag to, to homeless people and speaking about that type of love, and then he put a selfie up after it saying, unfortunately, this selfie will get more likes and reposts than my last video did. So I wanted to bring some attention to that. I wanted to tell him that I think you are incredible. I love you down. Yeah. Uh, I really, really, really would like the opportunity to meet you one day. Um and I'm actually literally inviting you to the cookout. So I know you live out in L.A., but if you're ever in Charlotte at any point um, doing anything for any reason, um, let's get together. Let's, I would love to interview you, just talk to you, get to know you some more, and um, chop it up. So um, Shamar, no, I'm not a celebrity. I am inviting you to the cookout because you're fucking amazing and you're a goddamn babe. You heard it here first. Um now, who are we going to uninvite to the cookout? <laughs> Chad. Did y'all see Fergie, Chad? <laughs> uh, Fergie, bitch, girl. Bad, girl. I, I was so disappointed. You know, okay, so okay, disappointed. Nice. Like, what happened since? <laughs> she thought she was so, mad in the row. Never mind. I'm not. Can I? Go ahead, girl. All right. Judge, judge your mother. I don't care. Um, <laughs> judge your so, so I'm not particularly a fan of the of the national anthem, of the national anthem. Okay, yeah, Star Spangled Banner. So it actually gave me a bit of joy <laughs> to <laughs> see this white woman uh, get up there and sing that song like a drunken monkey. Mega it was petty. great. Mega I was petty. like, yes, absolutely. Why not? So, I mean, yeah, she... she, she I was, was just bad. surprised it because she's awful. actually not a bad vocalist. Yeah, she's <laughs> not a bad singer. I was and that's really surprised. Yeah. To Kiefer, I said, do you think that maybe her butchering the national anthem was her... Kind of her knee, right? Kind of like, saying, like sticking it. Kind of never looked it to at it like that. I, I, yeah, I didn't think about that's it. That's like why that I got so much joy from it. But you know like, what's crazy? Somebody really that girl can blow for real. And yeah. like, what's crazy is somebody posted was... a video <laughs> where they added music to it. Mm-hmm. I saw that, and it sounded 
10 times better. Yeah. I'm like, she actually sounds good. So mm-hmm. I don't know what the issue was. I, think I never thought about that. Her kind of sticking it. Taking think, her knee. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Well, in that case, come on I in, sis. So. Take <laughs> that knee, bitch. <laughs> yes, bitch. <laughs> then, if that's the case, if you come out and say that, then we'll, you know, reinvite you to the cookout. Because, right. exactly. I mean, you, Affirm you, us in this, please. you kind of like, you know, <laughs> she said she did her best. So that was her best. That was I, we've seen her perform live we've and like and give good yeah. throat. She did it for Donald Trump. That bitch got yeah. she got good throat. She can sing. Like, yeah. She did it for Donald Trump. That's Maybe. What she, did. she did it for Donald um, Trump. So yeah, um, I guess that's it. Um, we are. I'm so like far over time, but fuck it, bitch. This is the cookout, <laughs> and we do it however the hell we want to do it. Um, we will reconvene next Thursday. You'll see a brand new episode. But first, yes. I want to give you guys um, a chance to talk about uh, your social media really quick. Give people your handles and whatnot. Uh, Vaughn. Hey, I'm Yvonne Pringle. That's Yvonne Y V O N N E Pringle. Um, like on Facebook, yes, on Facebook it's Yvonne Pringle. On Instagram it's Eves Bayou. That's Y V E S underscore Bayou B A Y O U. Follow me. You know. Okay, I am Good Girl B on Instagram. You can really cannot mess it up. Like you know how to spell Good Girl. <laughs> like, it's all together. Um. I will be getting my lash certification. So you ladies out there that need your lashes done, please yes. hit me up. Just follow me on Instagram. Yes, come through. Um, Nails. Uh, follow me on Instagram, underscore J-A-M-I-L. B, Jamil B. You yeah. always have a hard time with I don't that. know why. What is your deal? I don't know his name. <laughs> it's your name. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was about to say, your daddy know my name. That's what he was about to say. <laughs> I saw it on your face. I saw it. <laughs> Uh, my situation uh, so Facebook I don't even know you know fuck Facebook I don't be on Facebook like that Um, my Instagram is uh, Chase Cassidy C-H-A-S-E K-A-S-S-I-D-Y and please follow the Cookout Podcast on Instagram as well that way I don't have to uh, keep uh, uh, what are y'all doing (laughs) Yeah, so I don't have to keep uh, uh, promoting on both pages. I'm trying to like build my following on the Cookouts podcast page so I can just do it on one one place. Um, so if you guys have any questions, anything you'd like for me to cover on the show, any people you would like for me to invite or whatever or disinvite or um, anybody who you thought about the potato salad, let me know. I would appreciate it. Um, again, love you guys and make somebody smile today. And remember, be nice, asshole. <laughs>